This is John. This is Danny. Welcome to Do You Know. All right, man. So, uh, so what's up? It's been a minute. Yeah. So I heard that um, they overturned Roe versus Wade. Have you heard about this? I I saw it last night, um, but then today I saw that there's a little bit of a backtrack today oh, on okay. it, saying that some things were leaked that weren't supposed to be leaked. Yeah. And that they're doing an investigation, and then the the White House had said that uh, like they support Roe versus Wade. Oh, okay. So I think, like, I'm not sure if it was an actual definitive vote or if it was just some leaked information about an yeah, idea. Yeah, I heard it was leaked. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think it is. So I think, because a lot of states have been doing their own Roe versus Wade, like, for example, Texas, right? Right. Um, they were making it illegal to get abortions there, from what I understand, in certain areas. Yeah. So maybe this was a push to make it illegal throughout the country, but I don't see how all the states would follow that, especially the Democratic states. Right, like California. like uh, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, it would be, you know, very conservative areas, but I feel like they already govern, govern themselves. So you probably don't have, like, an abortion clinic in, like, the most conservative areas. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to open one because they'll probably get firebombed or shot up or... Yeah. You know, people, they send the message. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, street justice. But that would be crazy. Like, it could happen. What would, what would, what would we do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, well, but the thing is, so if that happened, Ro- if Roe versus Wade, so it would say that abortion would be illegal. Illegal. And so the so California wouldn't be able to do it. If it was a federal statute. Right. It would be illegal on a federal level. It would be a f- illegal on a federal level. So it's a, but it, the state could make it legal on a state level because we've already had could, separation. Could, could we do that? So th- that would be possible? I thought that's what they do with marijuana. Oh, I see. So, like, marijuana is illegal on a federal level. Right. But the state is like, it's cool. I see. But the feds could come in and actually take anyone down. They're just looking the other way. But I have read some stories about, for example, people having to cross, like, state lines. So, for example, you have legal marijuana in Nevada and in California. Yeah. So, they're not allowed to put their money in a bank because that's federally regulated right so what they do is they will take their money over state line and they'll have these places that are like kind of like 24 7 safes like a it's like a bank where basically everyone pays a monthly fee and they rent their own safe or vault where they can fill it up with as much cash as they want but what happens is the um like the highway patrol and even though it's a state agency, but other agencies, what they'll do is they'll intercept those transports of either marijuana or money and they will confiscate it under a federal code and basically relieve that person of the money and the drugs. And I've read these stories where then it's like almost impossible for the dispensary to recoup that loss. Yeah. So I've read like things like that. So I think what would happen is they'd have a state would allow them to have the abortions in the clinic in certain areas, 
But then if that doctor, um, you know, tried to do it outside of those areas, they may revoke their license. And then like, like, now you can't be a doctor anymore. Right. Something of that nature is my guess. But there was a time before um, Roe vs. Wade that it was illegal to have abortions. Yeah. Yeah. So they were doing them like anyway. With like coat hangers and stuff. Like the alley. Yeah. (laughs) Vacuum cleaners with the dust busters. Yeah. Yeah. so, So maybe history will repeat itself. I mean, we are a culture of repetition. Yeah. Seems like. Now, something that I heard yesterday that I think the listeners might want to keep an eye on is that Putin has cancer. I heard this. So he has like a number one uh, KGB guy. Yeah. Who's like his fill-in. And um, supposedly this guy is pretty, pretty badass. Um, I can't remember his name, but he travels with him. So, like, if something happened to Putin, he would automatically take control. He's like the, um, you know, military ministry of foreign something. But he was in the KGB with Putin. So, something I read basically said that this war in the Ukraine will end when he dies. Mm. And that's the plan now inside of, like, the cabinet. So they're basically going, he's already committed war crimes. He's yeah. already went too far. So now he basically has to play this out till his end, but he's sick. So mm. he might not have a long time to live. And there's also fear that he's going to get assassinated. Right. So they think as soon as that happens, all of a sudden they're going to like withdraw from this war. Right. And it was kind of like, I think similar to what you had said a few weeks ago. That maybe he's not fully there, and this is like his last hurrah, like you know his legacy to be yeah. remembered. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, of that nature. I know Ukraine just killed another general. They got like ten now. Wow! And they said it's really hurting the Russian morale that they're just they just keep assassinating these generals. They just that's like they get them, and I guess they're. You know, the way that their army is structured, it's similar to how it was structured back in the Cold War. And they even found a Russian intelligence ship off the coast of Hawaii yesterday. And they reported it. And that's something that they did during the Cold War, is they would send a ship, like, right on the outskirts of Hawaii to try to intercept any of our military, you know, that we're transporting. Yeah. For their intelligence. And so we were watching their ship yesterday to make sure that they didn't try anything funny. Mm. And it was just funny that this was just in the news. It was like, by the way, there's a Russian intelligence ship off the coast of Hawaii. And if they're telling us that, there has to be more going on. Right. Stuff that, that we don't know. Yeah. They're not going to just like, hey, there's a Russian intelligence ship and the weather's going to be in the 90s. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> uh, what are they doing there? Right. Also, I guess NATO has been scrambling uh, fighters because the Russian uh, fighter jets have been going out of their uh, area. So they've had to send in, I guess, the NATO um, jets to kind of let them know that they need to go back because they don't use any um, 
transponders. They don't check in with any um, of the airport towers. They don't follow any of the rules that most um, aircraft would have to follow in the military. They just kind of do their own thing. Yeah. And the NATO alliance is worried that they're going to crash into a commercial airplane, aircraft. Because mm. they're flying out of their zone. And they're not telling anyone where, where they are or what altitude or, or no information. So they're trying to protect the other flights of the civilians. Because one of these um, Russian MiGs can crash into a commercial airliner easily. Yeah. Or accidentally. You know, something accidentally happens. Wow. Yeah, so it's a, a lot going on. I guess they're evacuating the steel mill today. So all of the, um, you know, they had a bunch of women and children who were bunkered down at this steel mill. And today they're going to give, they're waving the white flag to allow like the women and children to escape. And the Russians agreed to not open fire on them. Mm. So there's a big like evacuation today. I heard that they found a grave of like 600 people um, of civilians. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm surprised that they're allowing this steel mill to be evacuated, considering that the, the Russians don't mind eliminating, you know, large populations of people. Yeah. No, I, they had to. This was like a this has been taken this is like over a week. Where yeah. we've been, they've been trying to get this evacuation because they've been getting bombarded and people have been like starving to death in yeah. this like steel mill. They're like underground. So they finally are giving them like <clears throat> whatever opportunity, however many hours to like evacuate as many people as they can. Also, they're trying to bring in like hot food and stuff because they've been starving Yeah. to try to let them like, you know, resupply. But I don't, I don't know about resupply like ammunition, but resupply for like food and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, um, I had read that they stole like over a million dollars of John Deere tractors and they completely robbed a museum of all its artifacts. Uh, the Russian soldiers. Yeah. So they like did that. Now, I think the civilians were doing kind of guerrilla warfare in the beginning of the war. So I think what was happening was. The soldiers were hungry, the Russian soldiers. So they were breaking into grocery stores and trying to find food. And some of the civilians were like, oh, I baked cookies. I made cakes. And they'd give them food, and it was really poison. Uh. <laughs> and the, a lot of the Russians were dying. And I think part of the revenge... Oh, man. Wow. ...was that they started then killing civilians because they had killed some of their comrades. Wow. And that's kind of how it works, though. It's yeah. like, it's unfortunate, but if you do the old, like, switcheroni, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you might not want to play that game. Yeah. You might want to not have gone involved. Doesn't mean you have to feed them, but that you went out of your way to be like, hey, I baked you a poison McMuffin. Like, yeah. um, now they're putting you in shallow graves. Like, yeah. It's not a good look. And they're raping them. I mean, it's not like they're only putting them in graves. They're raping them and then putting them in graves. They intercepted a conversation, this is a few weeks back, with a Russian soldier and his wife. And she was basically like, look, if you're going to rape women, that's fine. But just use a condom. Uh, he was like, you know, sure. You know, wow. No problema. Or whatever. <laughs> however they say it. But, I mean, it's wild. It is wild. War is not, is not fun. Intense, man. So if you're 
if you're starving, this was some really interesting uh, facts that I did not know. But the human tooth has 36 calories in it. Oh. So if you're ever starving, you know, can eat teeth and get some nutrients. I don't know about a whole meal, but enough to get by. Um, something also, which is, if I can find it here, it had to do, one second here, with um, basically wasp. Um, you know, when you think of wasp, you basically think of, you know, an insect that doesn't really do a lot of good. Like, is there anything that you can think of that the wasp would be good for? No. Okay. Not really. So if I can find this, I don't, I don't want to say it wrong, but it, it is a lot of stuff. Basically, there is a fruit that we eat. Um, a fig and the only way for a fig to develop is through the pollination of a wasp yeah. and what happens is the wasp actually I want to read it but if I can find it but actually I'm paraphrasing dies inside of the fig and the the fig with some kind of chemical that it naturally has it dissolves the body of the wasp, but it creates it to be pollinated. Ah. And I was like, what? Like, this is, this is crazy, because it's like you're pretty much eating, when you eat a fig, it's not like you eat figs all day, but they're in a lot of stuff. You're basically eating a wasp, a dead wasp. Yeah. Um, it was similar to a, another thing I had read about a wasp, they will um, paralyze a tarantula and then bring it back to their, their, their cave, like, you know, whatever it's called, and they'll lay their eggs in the paralyzed tarantula. And when it hatches, the baby wasp eat it alive. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like... What? Like, that is, like, that's, like, crazy, right? Wow. Yeah, and there's this, um, there's a, there's a, a plant called a male, what, is this a male? No, that's not it. You know, the only thing that sucks is when you have so much facts <laughs> to get to the one you want to talk about. And, like, when I scroll, look, it's like, it's like you can't see it. Right. But I'm, I think I'm almost there. Oh, this is it. The Jimpy Jimpy is an Australian plant whose sting is so powerful it has come to be known as the suicide plant. And the reason why is that horses will throw themselves off a cliff rather than suffer the pain. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, here it is. Okay, so figs can only be pollinated by wasps who burrow and die inside the fig after laying their eggs within it. Wow. All right. And, yeah. I mean, and I guess so the enzyme, it just has a special enzyme. It breaks down and consumes the wasp body. And, yeah, it's the, basically the fruit requires wasp in order to pollinate and survive. Or you wouldn't have figs. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, these were, these were a little bit interesting. 
I guess everything in nature has a purpose, you know? Yeah. Like, when you think about it, it's, like, it's got to have, like, some use. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, some of it's just horrific. Like, koala bears, for example, they lose, as they get older, they lose all their teeth. Yeah. And then they starve to death. Yeah. So most of the, the deaths of koala bears through starvation. It's not of old age. Oh. I know. It's like you would think that these uh, animals through evolution would have uh, would have figured it out by now. You've had however million years to get, get your act together. Right. Got to keep those teeth for as long as you can. And if they do fall out, we know you get 30-something calories for each one. So got <laughs> at least chew on those little koalas. Right. Oh, man. That's a trip. Suicide plant. So, (laughs) I mean, like, that's got to... So, it's got to have, like, some kind of poison on the stinger. Yeah, it's just... And you walk into it. It doesn't follow you. Right. It just is doing its thing. It's like a cactus. Yeah. And you just, like, boom. But the horses are just, you know... Horses are kind of clueless. Yeah. They kind of just trot around, you know? I bet you, though, there's some YouTuber out there who's, like, poking himself into it, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's always a crazy. Yeah. He's extremist. like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, like, the five poke challenge. Yeah. And he's like, and he's not going to throw himself off the cliff. He can handle it. Right. Like the Steve-O of the generation. Right. Yeah. Gimpy, gimpy. Yeah. Man, you know, that guy, Steve-O, he really changed from when he was. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like, like a vegan now, yeah, and he's like, he's like, you know. Sober, he's yeah. like, you know, probably like holy. I don't know, I'm making it up now. But it's like, you know, you people go from one extreme in life to the other extreme. You know, there's a lot of um, trolling and hate right now because uh, Kardashian wore uh, Marilyn Monroe's dress yesterday. Oh, really? So they took it out of some some vault, you know, where it was like, you know, kept for it being sacred. You know, it was Marilyn Monroe's famous dress. I'm surprised it fit her. Well, they had to do some adjustments. Oh, okay. So it could. Um, and she had to wear a bunch of, I don't know all the details, but I was reading these trolls and they were hilarious. Just like, you know, that she's basically ruining the dress She's, uh, you know, stretching it out. Uh, she doesn't even look good in it. She can't even walk. It's too tight on her. She doesn't look anything like Marilyn Monroe. She's famous for nothing, you know. Yeah. Wow. People can be just so, so mean. And it's like, you know, whatever. She wanted to wear the dress. She just won a lawsuit. So Black China was suing that family for like $100 million. Yeah. And they like won that. Like it was like nothing. Like they made Black China look like just a liar and a manipulator. And she hasn't paid taxes like ever. Mm. So now the IRS is going to come after her. And that came out in court. And she's like done tax evasion like her whole life. Oh. She's like never filed a tax return from what I recall. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not, you know, I don't want her to come after me. Why do rich people do that? I mean, you know, you can get an, an accountant to handle stuff like that. It's like, you know they're going to catch you. I know. Eventually. It, it seems to be 
like um, why people steal from stores, you know, like kleptomania. Yeah. It seems to be more of a condition of like tax evasion as opposed to trying to keep the money because she's a billionaire. You know what I mean? You're never going to be able to spend a billion dollars on like dresses and cars and houses. Well, Black China, she's not a billionaire. Oh, you're saying Black China never paid yeah, taxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought you meant the Kardashians no, 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 no. never Car- paid. No, Kardashians paid. What oh, okay. I'm saying is Black China in the in the lawsuit. It came oh, okay. Out, she never paid. Oh. And part of what she she was suing them was for defamation, saying that oh. like that they they basically canceled her show. She had she was married to Rob Kardashian. Rob Kardashian. And they had like a bad marriage. Where, like, she put a gun to his head, they beat each other up, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of turmoil, but they had babies. And then um, they had a spinoff show called Rob and Black China. And I guess with all their drama, it was a bad look for the Kardashian family. So somehow the Kardashians went to E and said, look, this show, this show got to go. Mm. And E was like, yeah, okay, it's canceled. Like, no worries. Yeah. So Black China was suing him, saying, hey, you canceled my second season. And I was going to make $100 million. Uh, and the Kardashians are saying, look, we didn't cancel your show. You could have had your show. All we did was say it was a bad look. Yeah. And that was our opinion. But because they're so powerful and so rich, E... Yeah. Was like, yeah, whatever you guys want. You're the main stars. You've been running the Kardashians for 49 years or whatever. You right. know what I mean? And every spinoff. So. Right. So it just made her look bad in court. And all her, like, you know, all that dirt came out. You know how it is in court. I mean, we got the court uh, right now with Johnny Depp. I yeah, mean, he's, Amber Heard. He's crushing it. Yeah. You know, the internet is just bad. You know, they put Metallica. To uh, this Johnny Depp testimony. <laughs> and my God, is it hilarious. Uh, it is like the fu- one of the funniest things. I wish we had a link. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch this thing. It's just... I mean, who has time to do this? To sync it. Every word, you know, it's like... You know, Metallica singing. And it's just hilarious. Because I guess... The main point of the song is that she had left... A turd yeah. in bed. Right. And they made a whole song about it. Right. And wow. I don't know how she can look that down. I guess she was leaving the courtroom and people were just like telling her, you know, don't, 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 don't shit the bed. You know, yelling at her and stuff. It's bad for her. She's going to have this forever. Yeah. And I mean, there's not, there's not any proof that he, that he was as this like, abuser like she claimed also you know and like the tabloids and all the stuff kind of ruined his career a little bit because people were under the impression that you know he's like beating women up right and i guess the truth was coming out that he didn't beat her up but he does have a bad temper yeah it's complicated you know the whole thing it's like you know we're trying to pry into these personal lives of people but you know what's weird is that it it took place like six years ago yeah. So like, um, like, how can they? 
I don't know why it, it took so long for this court to, case to come out because now they're talking about stuff and um, like he was referencing his daughters. He was like, oh, I, I did this court case for my daughters because they were in high school and I didn't want them being picked on. Well, now his daughters are out of high school. Like, you know, it, it's, so it's not really going to affect them anymore. Right, it's like the context changes. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it just seems that, like, I mean, obviously they're, they're going to resolve the issue. I mean, adults have a different timeline. But I just thought, I don't know, it's just weird how, how long court cases can take. You know, I well, mean, there's a huge backup, and then we had the pandemic, so like no courts were open for a couple of years. Oh, I see. And yeah. I think he's been suing like a lot, like he was suing like the British tabloids because he's been trying to clear his name because I think his brand was getting hurt. So like they weren't asking him to like you know do you know Pirates of the you know Caribbean Part Nine or whatever. So it's like you know he's starting to get canceled. Uh, so I think what he was doing is he's trying to sue everyone to try to save his cancellation because that's one way you can win. Like if you sue the people who made you out to be a bad person and yeah. beat them, then you can get uncanceled, right? Because now it's like, hey, I won all my lawsuits. Yeah. I don't know too much. I mean, listen, I think he's a good actor. I'm not like a huge Johnny Depp fan. I've never been like a huge, you know, fan I've never met him. I've never went to like try to get an autograph. I don't know. I mean, I think he, he plays a good role. I mean, I think it's interesting when you go to Disneyland and on that ride, it's like now all Jack Sparrow. Right. When, when you originally went on that ride, it was just pirates. Yeah. I liked it more when it was just pirates, personally. I don't need it to be Jack Sparrow because in my mind, I don't really connect them. Like, when I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't really think of that movie for me. But I know other people, it's like, oh, that's the movie. That's the whole thing. I think it's just like, you know, they made something about it. They have another movie. I can't remember the name of something else at Disneyland. The Jungle Cruise now. Right. See, I can't even think of the Jungle Cruise as, as that movie with The Rock. Like, I wouldn't want right. to go on Jungle Cruise and see a rock statue, and it wouldn't even make any sense to me. Right. It's just because I'm not a kid. Like yeah. If you grew up as a kid and then you go there, they're trying to make everything connect to something that you watched or you saw. And I'm still like in the impression that it was like Mickey and Minnie. Like, right. that's what I grew up with. So yeah. when I go there, it's like, yeah, where's Mickey and Minnie? That's, that's the people I know. And the other group, okay, some of them. Maybe Donald. Like, there's a few other ones. I get it. But, you know, now there's so many. Yeah. I don't even know their names. Yeah. Walking around. Eh. Yeah. Um <laughs> I yeah, it it is interesting getting older and um and having like uh the them target a different audience, you know. That that's definitely an interesting experience. Well, they're targeting a different audience, but the other thing they're doing Right, and I don't know if we talked about this on an episode. Is they're trying to make their movies upcoming trans and gay neutral, or whatever, or not neutral, but pushing the the envelope. Right, like they be, being be, accepting. 
they want to have characters who are basically openly gay and trans and all this stuff for a kid's movie. Right. I still don't understand how that even works. I'm not saying that it can't be explained to me because I'm willing to hear the argument, but I'm still just trying to understand because at that age, you would hope that the kids aren't thinking about sex or trying to identify with who they are or think of romance. You're a kid. Yeah. So I know there's been these huge boycotts at the studios and a lot of very you know conservative people who are going, what are you doing, Disney? And even, I think, Florida has sued Disneyland to take away their power to govern themselves. So I guess Walt Disney in Florida had some kind of agreement or law that was passed for them where they basically govern themselves. They don't have to answer to outside governments and now they do. Florida has sued them and changed that status. So now they have to answer to the state. Mm. And part of it is that. They want to make sure that whatever they're putting in the theme park is appropriate in the state's opinion. Because they're worried that it was going to start to be a bunch of, um, I don't know, I guess, sexual content. Because people don't understand what they mean by we're going to include uh, gay, lesbian, all this stuff. I don't think people know what that even means because it's just words, right? So yeah. people start to imagine, right? They're imagining. And they go, wait a minute. Does that mean you're going to show like, you know, a bunch of sexual things to kids? Yeah. If they did, would, would you still watch the movie? Um, or have your kids watch the movie? I mean, at a certain point, like, what's what's too far? Like, if Aladdin and Genie were, like, you know, snuggling, wouldn't it be a little weird? <laughs> like, it would be too much for me. And not that it's wrong. It's fine. But it's just, I'm thinking for a kid. Like, why, why do all this? Why not just make it three wishes and get your far and, you know, have a regular movie? Why do we have to reimagine it where it's like, eh, Aladdin kind of likes Genie. Yeah. They kind of wink at each other. <laughs> I don't know if I want children to catch those little subtleties. Yeah. Even though they've already been putting them in movies. Remember in even The Little Mermaid, if you, I don't know if you've ever watched these YouTube videos, but they'll stop it on like the castle and they'll show you the castle's actually a penis. Oh. So, like, the animators were already throwing in, like, little things. Like, I guess the birds will spell, like, love. But you don't notice it. But if you freeze it, yeah. they were doing little animation things, throwing in little little things like that. But I'm saying if it wasn't subtleties anymore. But it was more of, like, boom. Like, in your face. The seven dwarfs are banging each other. <laughs> It's like, yeah. It's like, is this a kid movie? Yeah. Or is this some erotica? Right. I mean, they do have erotic cartoons. So I'm just wondering if the new animators, since they've probably had to upgrade to younger people, maybe just before this, they were doing a lot of like, you know, erotic 
Neptune, you know, the... I don't watch a lot of, um, you know, the anime. Anime. Right. But is anime sexual, right? Um, well, not necessarily. Um, I don't watch a lot of anime either. But um, it's usually more, like, violent. Like ninja stuff. Yeah, it's usually, like, a lot of violence. But when there is a girl, she's, like, pretty... You know, you can see her cleavage and, you know, like, kind of thing, from what I recall. Right. Yeah, but there's not a lot of, like, overt, like, sex and stuff like that. But it's like, not for kids. Um, well... Japanese you know, kids? Yeah, it's for... <laughs> you know, because in Japan, they have, like, different morals. They're not a, a Judeo-Christian country. Uh-huh. So they have a different moral compass than they do here in, in, in America. So um, I think that um, they have a different relationship with sex than, than we do here. But I, I, I don't remember seeing sex in any of the animes that I've watched. Okay, so that's a good question for the listeners. Basically, is having somewhat erotic cartoons as we move into the present and the future, is that okay based on the way our society is changing and how we're being more open about our sexuality and who we are, right? Is it okay to give more of that and be less conservative and less about this like world of love and all this stuff? Like now it's more about you as a brand, I feel like. I feel like our society is turning into a brand. You need to brand yourself. What brand are you? And the way you do that is you're either crazy, right? You're going to take the plant and jab yourself with it. Right. Or you're sexy and you use like sex appeal. You're like got a look to you that people are intimidated by your look. Or you have like a talent. So your brand is based around your skill. You have a skill set. You can juggle fireballs while you're swallowing a sword. You know, yeah. you see this on America's Got Talent where where people just come up there and they do whatever. Like, there's no rules. It's like, I, you know, stand on my head and climb the stairs. Like, okay, do it. Great. Yeah. You know. So, is it okay for us to gear the next generation to be a brand and to be comfortable with who they are as a child, who they think they are? Like... You have kids. Has your kid ever said to you, Dad, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. Dad, I'm a... Or like your daughter, she said, I'm a boy. Or your boy said, I'm a girl. I'm just saying, kids just say things when they're kids. They're learning words. It doesn't mean that they think they're that. Have they ever just said something crazy to you and you just go, okay, what does that even mean? Right. You know, it's like... You don't make a big thing about it. It's not like you run to the to the store to go, oh, you said you're oh, you said you're a boy? Oh, let's go get you a boy clothing. Hey everyone. It's like you can't, you know, run with that. It's a kid speaking. Like they're just learning words. They're you know. And I feel like our culture now takes everything so literally that if a kid says something, all of a sudden it's like everyone's on the phone and, and on the internet and they're calling everyone. Oh my God, my kid just said this. Oh, what do I do? You know what I mean? They take it like, like some kind of profound statement came out of an antichrist. 
And it's like, it's a kid. Yeah. They say things. They do things. It's like, why are we giving so much attention? We're going to change the future movies for kids, for all the kids, because a couple of kids are... I don't know how many it is. How many kids are, are, are openly identifying with all this other stuff in today's world? Because when I was in school, it was different. We didn't have like even 1% of the school's population who identified as all this stuff. Yeah, it's definitely less than like 1%. It's, <laughs> it's less than half of 1%. Right. And Disney is catering to the majority of people, not the minority. I'm saying they're a huge worldwide brand of entertainment. Right. So why would they adjust their films to take on some kind of modernistic agenda? Why even do that? They don't need that extra money. So maybe they're trying to, you know, mold. Mold the children. You think Disney has an agenda to maybe mold the children? To say, hey, be comfortable. Hey, don't you want to be like Aladdin and Genie? Mm. Hey, watch this movie and then you can buy the Aladdin and Genie, you know, duffel bag. <laughs> you know, I mean, is Disney, is, are they going too far? I feel like they are. Again, it's just words. It's not like they put out a movie at the Cineplex. Like we're not going to Edwards in a panoramic, you know, Dolby watching... Right. The Aladdin and Genie, you know, take on Shanghai or whatever it would be. Right. But it's just something we should think about. Because these big brands really do control a lot of the aspects of our life. Man, they have Disney Cruise. They have Disney Plus. They have the theme parks. I mean, I'm sure if we walked around this house, we'd find at least a dozen Disney things. Just It's just how it is. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the seven dwarfs? Really? Yeah. Septuplets? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's something, I guess, to, uh, to leave them on. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, this is Dan. <laughs> this is John. We'll see you next time. All right. Peace. peace. Welcome to Do You Know um, with John and Dan. John uh, actually is taking a hiatus from the show. So we have a fill-in host uh, who's going to be working with the show now, Layla. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So what's going on? Not much. Happy Monday. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Um... So I am from a lot of places. I've lived in a lot of places. Um, Do tell. <laughs> shall I list? <laughs> let's just let's just start from the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Bermuda. Um, my father was a diplomat, and he was in the navy. So we moved around a lot. Um, after Bermuda, I lived in Italy. Um, after Italy, um, we lived in Illinois and. Moved to California when I was nine, um, moved to Woodland Hills, then to Ontario, then to Newport Beach, awesome. and I lived in Upland. And then in between all of these places that I've lived, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, I think I've been to maybe nine countries so far. 
um, one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, um, other than that, I'm just a regular person. Um, I'm a layman that just reads a lot, and um, I really like um, cooking and cleaning. Cool. Very awesome. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, that's great to hear, and we are so happy that you're on the show. So, what's your political affiliation? You're left. No. You're right. No. You're in between. You hate politics. I don't hate politics. Um, I kind of, I mean, I guess I can say I'm in between, but I find uh, very significant problems with both the left and the right. Okay, but wait. Dr. Fauci has coronavirus. Are you happy? I'm never happy when anybody has coronavirus. Damn it. I'm so happy he got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like the biggest puppet I've ever seen in my life. And he got sick with coronavirus after fully two shots, 15 boosters, a wig, a makeover, a facelift. <laughs> and he still got it. So I find it ironic. Um, I find it, you know, not funny, haha, but kind of funny that he did get it. Vaccines don't work. And <laughs> no good. I think it's funny that um, he can't blink <coughs> because you're right. He's had a little bit too much Botox. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe calm down on the injections and be a little bit more careful. But um, allegedly, he's a dirtbag. I think um, that most politicians and most um, figures in the medical field are dirtbags. Okay, so Biden fell off his bike. So he went for a bike ride and he fell to the ground. <laughs> Biden also needs to calm down on the Botox because he can barely open his eyes. Yeah. Is he really sleepy, Joe? <laughs> I think he's Botox, Joe. And I think that's what causes the eyes to not open. There's no way he can run again for president. You can't have a president who falls down. He fell off the stairs getting onto Air Force One at the beginning of his presidency. He literally fell on the staircase. And the memes, my God, if you haven't seen them, take a break, pause the show, go to any of your sites where you have memes, and take a look at Joe falling on the stairs, and now look at the memes of him falling on his bike. My goodness. Can the guy stand up straight? I think that he is too old to run for a second term. Um, I mean, we have a minimum age requirement to be president of the United States. Should we not have a maximum <clears throat> age requirement? What's the minimum age? 40? I believe it's 30-something. 30? 30? It, it could be 40, but I, I think it's 35. 40 is like Kabbalah. Yeah, well, no, Kabbalah, it's, well, it was 35 originally, but now it, it kind of goes back and forth depending on the school of thought. Actually, shout out to uh, Yonatan, big listener on the show. We were talking about Kabbalah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he said. It's not about your age but about where you are in the wisdom steps of life. And, you know, he's a father. He's doing really good. Again, shout out. Shout out to everybody in Israel. Sorry we've been on hiatus on the show, and I'm so happy that you're tuning in with our new host, guest host. I don't know what you are yet. Maybe you're the future host. John's on hiatus. We have Layla. She's amazing. By the way, she works with the public. Um, what do you do? I would... 
like to not disclose exactly what I do, but um, I do work with the public and I have a lot of fun and um, I, um, I manage people and I just, I really love what I do. Um, so you're a big boss? I'm not a big boss, I'm a little boss. Small boss? Yes. Okay. Well, literally and figuratively. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good to be able to work with people and manage all different people from all over the world. I'm sure you have people who speak a bunch of different languages and have um, migrated from far lands and, and you're able to get everybody with the same vision and go for it. Yes. Um, currently, um, the people that I manage, um, it's about 71 people and there are maybe seven different languages that are spoken um, within my team mm -hmm. and they're all from different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, they all jumped on to one vision and they all get along and it's amazing. Yeah, this says, um, no, um, anyway, it's okay. <laughs> now we know. It's hard. <laughs> I'll tell you, when you do a podcast, it actually is hard to not say, um. So most people who come on the show and we like talk to or they call in, I'll be honest, when we play the show back, we could count the ums. <clears throat> so... This is your first show. Yes. Okay, and we're so happy to have you. And it's it's kind of intimidating because here we are in our uh, makeshift studio. Um, um, right? <laughs> and and we have uh, all these uh, I don't even know what these are out here. They're like they're like cows surrounding the studio, makeshift studio. Yes. It's a canyon. It's a canyon. It's beautiful, by the way. It's so different. When you are always in a city and then you go to nature and it feels like you're out of sync. Yes. It's so weird. It's like it should be opposite. You should be in the city going, uh, I don't get this. I need the country. I need nature. That's why so many people are leaving the city and going to these beautiful places that have mountains and rivers and nature because they want to get the heck out of there. And now that you can work from home, why not? I've lived in the nature since September and I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. It is beautiful out here. Um, the history of um, this little village that I live in is interesting as well. Um, it... <laughs> My house used to be a Yiddish school for children, and um, the little village was a former Jewish camp. And when I say Jewish camp, uh, what I mean is um, a rich Jewish guy from L.A. bought a bunch of land here and uh, recruited a bunch of young Jewish males to tend the horses and the cows. Um, and Wait, then are you talking about this property? Yes. Okay, so this has a Jewish background. Yes. What do you mean by Jewish camp? Because, you know, a lot of people get scared when we start talking about camp Jewish. So when I was first told Jewish camp, I was terrified. And I was like, are they talking about, like, Japanese internment camps? And, you know, the, there was terror in my heart. And um, our groundskeeper kind of laughed, and he's like, not that kind of camp. So the males were recruited. They tended to the cows and the horses. I'm sorry, what's a groundskeeper? He's the person that makes sure that everything's going well in this community. So he fixes all the houses. He does all the... Lives. Maintenance guy. 
Um, there's a maintenance guy, and then he's the boss of the maintenance guy. Okay. Yeah. I got you. He's maintenance uh, supervisor. Yes. Yeah. He calls Oops. himself the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. It's kind of a classy name. I'm not sure how you would, like, if you were filling out an application and it said occupation, would he write groundskeeper? It's almost like he he's a sir or a lord. I'm getting the feeling... No, I mean, this is a really strange community, and his name is not Willie, so he's not Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, if we bought a square foot of land in Scotland, would people have to call us Lord? I, Scotland is not technically part of the UK, so I don't know what their um, deal is when it comes to being a lord or a duke or whatnot, that's more of a British thing. Um, I thought it was a Scottish thing. No, it's it's English. It's weird because there's a website. You could be a lord in Scotland, but it might have a different uh, requirement. There's a company mm-hmm. that literally sells a square foot of land just so you can be called lord. What? And they are blowing up on the internet. I'm sure our listeners have been on... All of these sites that we use for social media without dropping them a free plug. And when you're on there, these things pop up, these sponsored things. And there's this company that you can give them money and they'll give you a deed for a square foot of land. Just one square foot. Yeah. That's hilarious. And they'll plant a plant in it for you. So it'll be not only you're a lord, but you're also creating oxygen and beauty in Scotland on that square foot of land and now you can change your name because of that to be called a lord in your title so people are doing it in droves and this company I'm sure everyone's going to hear about it because they found something that caters to the human element of wanting to be powerful So for someone to call you a lord is very enticing to people all over this world. What would a woman be called, though? I think a lordess. Hmm. Can we do a flag, too? I'm not sure. Why not? You own land there. You are an owner of Scottish soil. Whenever I think of that, I think of Braveheart. Yeah. Well... Well, the movie Braveheart, I mean, I think of like freedom. But they were fighting for Scotland. Yeah. They were wearing the kilts. Yeah. Have you been to the the Tilted Kilt? The restaurant? Yeah. Uh, We used to have one here. Shout out to Tilted Kilt, by the way. Anytime, send us a check. We just gave you a free plug. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun place to eat. I mean, I personally like it. The bartenders wear kilts. So at first when you walk in there, it's like, why is everyone in skirts? Place is kind of, I can't say the word anymore because it's uh, woke, but it's a little bit strange for men to wear skirts that are kilts. Like for me, it's weird. When I see a guy wearing a skirt, it's weird for me. Not saying he can't wear it. It's his job. He works at the tilted kilt. Of course, kilt is in the name. It's a Scottish place. 
Everyone does it. If I went to Scotland, there'd be guys wearing skirts everywhere you go. All I'm saying is a guy wearing a skirt, it's kind of weird. I think kilts are different than skirts um, because it's a cultural thing. And when I see a Scottish man wearing a kilt, I see it as very masculine. Hmm. And also, I do come from a culture where there are men that wear, um, we call them jalabas. Oh, that's lingerie. No, the long, uh, like a thobe with a, with a hood. A thobe with yeah. a hood. Yeah, so like a long robe with a hood. A dress. Yeah. Got it. But when I see them, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they look like RuPaul. Um, so I think that, you know, um, there's, a, there's a cultural difference. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so when I see a, a man with a kilt, um, <coughs> I think of him very differently than when I see an American guy wearing a silk skirt and, like, high heels. And I think the kilts are longer. You know, it's not like they're wearing, like, a, like a cocktail skirt. <laughs> it's a longer one, and they usually are carrying bagpipes. And, and they have a knife strapped to their leg as well. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, the bagpipes are a pretty interesting instrument. I always think of... Uh, police funerals when I hear them for some reason I don't know any police officers I've never been to a police funeral but in all these movies you know there's always like the bagpipe being played as uh, the the boys in blue are saluting the uh, you know fallen uh, member yes it's a military thing too Um, so are police more pussified now than in the past and the reason I ask this is there was just a huge shooting I'm sure everyone knows about it. And allegedly, the police did not enter the classroom with an active shooter in Texas. And parents were trying to rush into the school to save the children as they were being murdered. And the police were arresting them. So when I read that and hear that, I think the police must not be the same police as when I was growing up because back in the 80s and 90s the police would have ran in there and shot up the damn place Uvalde is a very small town um it kind of makes me suspicious as to how they reacted um it almost sounds like it may have been like some sort of political move to Um, steal our guns I, it, it makes zero sense to me that they just stood there. But as far as, you know, um, the LAPD, the NYPD, um, they are, a lot of them are ex-military. I'm not going to say ex-military because you're forever, but they're veterans. They're leaner and meaner than the cops were in the 80s. But small town cops are different. But just something about how they reacted in this school shooting, um, I just, it doesn't smell right to me. Um, and- Don't smell it right to anybody. And now that they're sweeping legislation to restrict guns, I still don't understand why guns are to blame for people who have mental illness. There's people who are sick. It doesn't matter if they're 20, 30, 40, 50, on and on and on. There's people who are sick. Then there's people who are scared. They're in gangs, they have a lot of money, and they carry weapons. We just had a shooting last night or the night before in Las Vegas on Fremont Street. Shout out 
uh, to Christina who actually messaged um, everybody at like two in the morning saying there was an active shooter on Fremont and stay away from that area. She was actually working upstairs um, at uh, a casino and I saw the video. It ended up that three guys were jumping a guy. You saw the video. Yes. And then uh, someone got shot and dead and a bystander got hit. They're going to survive. So in my mind, that's an active shooter. They're in public shooting a gun in the middle of downtown Las Vegas at two in the morning on a Saturday night. Many people could have been killed. Okay. And the police response, they don't even know where the shooter is. You would think in Las Vegas, a big city on Fremont Street. I mean, imagine if they're robbing the casino. None of these security guards, they have thousands of security guards at the casinos. They have all the patrols in downtown Las Vegas. No one can even stop a shooter on Fremont. Did the shooter escape? Yeah. I think on Fremont and, you know, when you're in a public place that has a lot of people, there's a lot of chaos. Um, I'm thinking the response may have been slow um, because... There's not a lot of funding for police at this point, and, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's very strange. I, I don't understand why police response is a lot slower than it's been in the past. The Evalde thing, though, uh, that was just completely like, it blows my mind how these police officers let 20-plus children and teachers get shot to death by one by one person assassinated yeah a a brutal murder and the guy shot his grandmother on the way there and he used uh he used he used rifles uh ar-15s and i don't know those are machine guns when you shoot somebody with an ar-15 you don't just get a bullet wound there were children that were completely disfigured to the point where they were not recognizable well, they were saying they, they had identified him by their shoe color. But anyway, it's gruesome. Let's not scare some of our older listeners who have a low tolerance for um, gory uh, dialogue. But right. let's just say it was bad. It should never have happened. I think one of the main rules for police, and if police are listening, please read your rules. It says the time to engage is when there's an active shooter. That is like rule number one. From my understanding of, of law enforcement 101, active shooter, police engage. That's always been the case. There's a bank robbery with active shooters. They go down to the bank and stop them. Now, the other thing that's happening, and I can speak for L.A. County because I happen to be a registered voter and a citizen. The fire department, during our floods, so when we have the flash floods, have decided that they will not rescue people who are submerged in fast-running water, let's say under an overpass, they will allow the people to drown and then they will recover the bodies when it is safe. That is a new rule by the Los Angeles Fire Department. We just had floods a couple months ago and there was a few different fatalities of people who were trapped under the underpass, the overpass because the water was rising and they still thought... They could get through because they had a truck. They felt like it's just a few inches of water and they got trapped. The water kept rising. 
They were calling 911, begging for help, and the firefighters in the video, you can see this, are across the street on top of the hill, and they're basically waiting till the water goes above their head and kills them, and then they go and get their bodies. This is the new world that we live in. If you are in need of emergency help, it has to be safe for the person saving you. If they're at any risk, they will not do it anymore. They have changed it because we have too many people and a few people dying, I guess, is not a big deal anymore. Didn't we just talk about this with the homeless man who jumped into the river and the police were yelling, I'm not going to save you, and he drowned? Yes. And then they brought a boat to recover his body? Yes. And the response was like, what, 45 minutes? Or five days, who knows? I mean, I'm saying they move how they want to move. And it, I feel like the reason for this has something to do with the protest of how during the riots that we just had, we had a bunch of demonstrations against police, a um, member of the police in Minnesota uh, had left their knee and and killed uh, the black man, uh, African-American. Mr. George Floyd. Floyd. So that's what I mean is, could it be that the police and the fire department, which happen to work very close together, are standing up and this is the way for them to fight back against the public protest? And they go, well, guess what? We're not going to risk our lives to save you anymore. We're going to collect our checks and we will go in and do our job, but we're going to do our job the way we want to do it. That's interesting. And if that's the case, then they should stop stating that their job is to serve the public. It's just written on the side of their police car it's and just, the yeah. fire. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a sentence now. It's not what they live by anymore. It's crazy. Anyway... I know our listeners know about the book of questions, so I happen to have them, and we're going to ask Layla, and she may ask me, and we'll ask the listeners. These are questions to give you just things to think about. This doesn't mean you can't change your opinion later because you're on the spot, and they are a little complicated. So let's just get into it. If you could use a voodoo doll to hurt anyone you choose... Would you? No. That's a quick no. Hard no. And that's because? It's immoral. Um, I don't... Um, I mean, I respect people <coughs> who practice voodoo, but I, I'm not a voodoo practitioner. I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, to spiritually hurt someone like that is just really horrible. Okay. Would you be willing to become extremely ugly physically if it meant you would live for a thousand years at any physical age you choose? No. I think that humans are supposed to live for a specific number amount of years for a reason. And I think that living for a thousand years would be depressing because you would see your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren pass away. And you might even be depressed if, you know, society changes so much that uh, it shocks you. 
I would for sure do it. I would live a thousand years. Really? I'd make myself just like an ugly <laughs> 21 year old or 25, like that range, like early 20s. And I would do that for a thousand years. Man, imagine just the things you would learn and what you would see and just the development of society. It would be crazy to see a thousand years as a young person. So physically, you're young. You're not good looking. You're, like they said, you're physically hideous. But you know what? You could wear a helmet. You could wear like a, like a, you know what I mean? You could be, I could be Batman. I could be anybody. Hey, if there's another pandemic, you can wear a mask. Wear a mask anywhere I go. Right now, there's people who have such psychological issues from the mask that they can't not wear a mask. They have to wear a mask. I see them, I see pictures, selfies. Of people in masks, still. I I did. I was hesitant to take it off for a while because I felt like I aged so much during the first year of the pandemic. I wasn't ready to show the world what my face looked like. But once I took it off, I was like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to ask you this question, and this is also for the listeners. This is a very profound question, and I've had some really problems trying to understand what I would do. <clears throat> but let me just say it. Okay. One second here. If God appeared to you in a series of vivid and moving dreams and told you to leave everything behind, travel alone to the Red Sea, and become a fisherman, what would you do? I would pray and I would be very um, thoughtful and pensive about that because dreams are dreams and that sounds like an amazing dream. But a series of vivid dreams like over and over and over again. He keeps or she or whatever it is keeps coming to you and telling you do this, do this, do this vividly. So you wake up and you're like, oh my God, it happened again. Like Groundhog Day. Oh my God, God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. At and a certain point, you have to do it, right? In your dreams, they are stating that they are God. Appear to you. God appeared to you in a series of vivid dreams. So, so whatever, however you envision God, is it a light? Is it a voice? Is it fire? Is it ice? Whatever it is. It keeps coming to you and telling you, go to the Red Sea and be a fisherman. Go like over and over like to the point where you're waking up in cold sweats going, okay, I'm going to go. I feel like I would have to do some reading, maybe read the Old Testament just to make sure, you know, it's legit. Really, if it happened over and over and over at a certain point, you're like... Or, or consult um, a religious <coughs> expert. Okay, now what if you were told to sacrifice your child? Over and over and over and over again. I mean... Then it, you have to get real help. Well, yeah, but I'm from, from what I believe and what I understand, Abraham did it and he was supposed to be the last one. He was the only person that, you know, God tested... So I feel like um, 
there are people today that claim that, you know, yeah. and, um, there's people who do it. There's a lady who just drowned like her kids Yeah. because yeah. she said God told her to do it. So if, if that was something that was told to me in my mind, I would think of it more of a mental health issue than, than a spiritual thing. Cause I, I, I don't think that God would do that today to us. Wow. So I guess I'm going to ask one for the listeners and you guys and girls can think about this. Do your close friends tend to be older or younger than you? That's something to think about because it says a lot about, and this is my opinion. I'm not giving you some, someone else's opinion. If you surround yourself with younger people, you may be fearful of aging. And if you surround yourself with older people, you may be wanting to be wiser. And, and, or depending on your age, like let's say you're 19 hanging out with 21 year old, maybe you want to party. So you got to think, who do you associate with? Are your friends older or younger? It's a mix. I mean, my closest friendship group, we're all around the same age. I do have some friends that are significantly older. Um, and I do have some friends that are younger. Um, but as far as, you know, my close knit group, we're all around the same age. We are... All either older millennials or younger Gen X. Yeah. What about you? I would say that a lot of my friends are older. Okay. So I think it's just because also music. When I was doing music, I'd say a lot of the people I was doing music with were between 5 and 10 years older than me. Right. And we kind of kept our bond. Uh, I do recall also when I was uh, in Vegas, you know, a lot of the people who I worked with were a lot older than me. You know, I had gotten there when I was in my 30s. So I know a lot of people had already been, you know, there for 20 years or so, and they're in their 40s. Uh, but I always get along with, with really older people, as well as younger. I get, I get along with both. I guess, for me, the younger people nowadays, I feel like, believe a lot of things that just don't make sense. So it's hard for me to take them seriously because whenever we sit down and we have a conversation, they're telling me, you know, things, but we're using different definitions. So I'm not able to understand what we're even talking about because the conversation can go from like we're on the same page to we are um, light years apart in, in making sense. And I feel like the younger people don't have a grasp of even conversation because the attention span is so short. For example, I was talking to uh, someone who was, I don't know, 19 mm -hmm. and having a conversation. I think we we're at Starbucks. While we're talking, this person couldn't even like look in my eyes. They're like looking around, fidgeting, but they're trying to tell me something about ordering that, that like I don't know. Like I made a mistake. I'm holding up the line because I'm not saying the right thing. I'm asking for a large. It's not a large. It's a venti. It's something else. And they're like, hey, uh, when you order, you have to say it this way and give them your name. And, and I was like, oh, I just want like a large cup of coffee. Real simple. You know, here's my money. Large cup of coffee? No, 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 it's not like that. What coffee? Is it a pike? Is it vanilla latte? Is it? 
And they're trying to coach me. Like I'm an old guy. I can't order a cup of coffee. At Starbucks gives me so much anxiety. I can't do it. I don't know anything about their menu. I just want coffee. And I just, I don't understand the mocha frappa, grande, whatever it is with the extra pumps, <coughs> the no fat stuff. It just, it blows my mind how complex ordering coffee from Starbucks is. But if you're 19 years old, you know all the lingo. And me being in front of them was holding them up. And I think why, and I'm just going to say this is my guess, was that they practiced their order and they were forgetting their lines and they were going to go up there and say something so ridiculous to this barista. And I was, you know, asking them, is it fresh coffee? When did you brew it? What's the difference between iced coffee or if I just get a cup of coffee over ice? I mean... What is the difference, right? I just want to know because I wanted, I thought, iced coffee. But then they're like, oh, well, we have an iced coffee. I said, well, maybe I, I just want a regular coffee over ice. And they're like, whoa, whoa. No, we have an iced coffee. Like, like as if it was a bigger deal, more, a more profound coffee that is ice or, or nitro, like a nitro brewed. Come on. You're kidding me, right? Just want a cup of, co- a cup of coffee, a cup of joe. So... You, what you're trying to say is you stressed out this poor kid that wanted to <laughs> order his unicorn, frappa, mocha, lotta, whatever it was. Right. And, and he was like, let me help this, this dude out. But then, like, he just went off kilter. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you this question. This is going to be the last question. We've been taking up a lot of people's time. This is our first episode with Layla. She's a new host, co-hosting John has taken a leave of absence from the show. He's on to bigger and beautiful things. We want to wish John all the best. Yes. Uh, Great guy. Okay, this is the question for you. What? Okay, let me find it. I I, I lost it. Okay, hold on. Give me one more second. It was a good one, too. Okay. Um, Can't find it. Okay, how would you react if you were to learn that your mate had had a lover of the same sex before you knew each other? Is that a question for me? I don't know. I just was Or is reading. that a general question? No, there's a question for you. Oh, n- n- no, not acceptable. Yeah, it would be, uh, be pretty gross. Mm. Well, you want to be politically correct. It's not just that. It's if that was the case, then um, I I don't want to deal with the physical and emotional issues and the baggage that go with that. We all have friends where this has happened to, where a friend is married, and then they learn the person that they're married to mm-hmm. has this like whole other life. It's like this is like Jerry Springer. I don't know if our listeners know who Jerry Springer is, but there used to be a show. It was crazy. Where they would bring out, like, you know, my lover. Anyway, that wasn't actually the question I was going to ask you. It was a different one, but mm-hmm. I just grabbed the one closest so, to it. you're saying they previously were in a relationship with the same sex. Yeah. And then they admitted it to you um, when you were already in a relationship with them. 
Yeah. Well, I guess that's what this is asking. Yeah, that's a hard no. Totally would break up. Because it's like that's really probably their lifestyle. It's, and now they're fronting. Like now they're trying to be something different. But it's, it's just, like once yeah. you cross that boundary, yeah. there's and, not really a lot of coming back. And that's something that you should disclose upon first <coughs> meeting because of the, you know, the risk of STDs. Um, your partner should know if somebody is gay or bisexual. I mean, that's that's obvious. So Now, is the reason monkeypox are spreading because of homosexual sex? I, I, I feel like I read an article that had said that don't be worried about monkeypox. It's only spreading in the gay community. I think it spreads faster in the gay community because of how it's being transmitted. Um, because anything that's transmitted through... Um, a specific type of action, um, it transmits faster. Um, it didn't start in the gay community, but I think um, the gay community and that specific thing that they do help to spread it a lot quicker. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe that, you know, you get out of one a pandemic and then another and another. and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if monkeypox is scarier than COVID... <coughs> It just, you see the pictures and you're just like, wow, like... Just boils, like, all over your body. It's like the plague. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, doesn't seem fun. No, it doesn't. Okay, so this is an interesting... I just want to share this also. Do you know that Mars has a slower uh, speed of sound? So scientists discovered that the speed of sound on Mars... Travels at 240 meters per second, and on Earth, sound travels at 350 meters per second. Okay. So it's because the atmosphere, I guess, is 100 times or so more dense. Mm -hmm. But what that means is that the way that we hear things would be different. It would be a lot slower, that, that the sound would hit you. So, like, if I, if I did this... That's how everyone heard it, but on Mars, you wouldn't have heard that yet because the sound would still be traveling. If the atmosphere was more dense, would the sound also be more muted, kind of like if you're underwater? That I don't know. I'm not sure how, uh, how density affects sound, but I think it would be different than water. I think that's a fun fact. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that. It is Do You Know, and today it's with Layla and Dan. And, uh, well, anyway, this has been our first episode. We appreciate all the listeners. Thank you very much for having me. This is my first time doing this. I was extremely nervous. Um, and thank you for being gracious. All right. You did great. And we will see you next time. This is Dan. And Layla. See you later. Welcome to Do You Know um, with John and Dan. John uh, actually is taking a hiatus from the show, so we have a fill-in host uh, who's going to be working with the show now, Layla. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So what's going on? Not much. Happy Monday. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Um, so I am from a lot of places. I've lived in a lot of places. Um, Do tell. <laughs> Shall I list? <laughs> let's just let's just start from the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Bermuda. 
Um, my father was a diplomat and he was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot. Um, after Bermuda, I lived in Italy. Um, after Italy, um, we lived in Illinois and moved to California when I was nine, um, moved to Woodland Hills, then to Ontario, then to Newport Beach, awesome. and I lived in Upland. And then in between all of these places that I've lived, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, I think I've been to maybe nine countries so far. Um, one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, um, other than that, I'm just a regular person. Um, I'm a layman that just reads a lot. And um, I really like um, cooking and cleaning. Cool. Very awesome. Um... No, I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> so that's great to hear, and we are so happy that you're on the show. So what's your political affiliation? You're left. No. You're right. No. You're in between. You hate politics. I don't hate politics. Um, I kind of, I mean, I guess I can say I'm in between, but I find uh, very significant problems with both the left and the right. Okay, but wait. Dr. Fauci has coronavirus. Are you happy? I'm never happy when anybody has coronavirus. Damn it. I'm so happy he got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like the biggest puppet I've ever seen in my life. And he got sick with coronavirus after fully two shots, 15 boosters, a wig, a makeover, a facelift. <laughs> and he still got it. So I find it ironic. Um, I find it, you know, not funny, haha, but kind of funny that he did get it. Vaccines don't work. And <laughs> no good. I think it's funny that um, he can't blink <coughs> because you're right. He's had a little bit too much Botox. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe calm down on the injections and be a little bit more careful. But um, allegedly he's a dirtbag. I think um, that most politicians and most um Figures in the medical field are dirtbags. Okay, so Biden fell off his bike. So he went for a bike ride and he fell to the ground. <laughs> Biden also needs to calm down on the Botox because he can barely open his eyes. Yeah, is he really sleepy Joe? <laughs> I think he's Botox Joe. And I think that's what causes the eyes to not open. There's no way he can run again for president. You can't have a president who falls down. He fell off the stairs getting onto Air Force One. At the beginning of his presidency. He literally fell on the staircase. And the memes, my God, if you haven't seen them, take a break, pause the show, go to any of your sites where you have memes, and take a look at Joe falling on the stairs, and now look at the memes of him falling on his bike. My goodness. Can the guy stand up straight? I think that he is too old to run for a second term. Um, I mean, we have a minimum age requirement to be president of the United States. Should we not have a maximum <clears throat> age requirement? What's the minimum age, 40? I believe it's 30 something. 30? It, it could be 40, but I, I think it's 35. 40 is like Kabbalah. Yeah, well, no, Kabbalah, it's, well, it was 35 originally, but now it, it kind of goes back and forth depending on the school of thought. Actually, shout out to uh, Yonatan, big listener on the show. We were talking about Kabbalah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he said. It's not about your age, 
but about where you are in the wisdom steps of life. And, you know, he's a father. He's doing really good. Again, shout out. Shout out to everybody in Israel. Sorry we've been on hiatus on the show, and I'm so happy that you're tuning in with our new host, guest host. I don't know what you are yet. Maybe you're the future host. John's on hiatus. We have Layla. She's amazing. By the way, she works with the public. Um, what do you do? I would like to not disclose exactly what I do, but um, I do work with the public, and I have a lot of fun, and um, I, um, I manage people, and I just, I really love what I do. Um, so you're a big boss? I'm not a big boss, I'm a little boss. Small boss? Yes. Okay. Well, Literally and figuratively. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good to be able to work with people and manage all different people from all over the world. I'm sure you have people who speak... A bunch of different languages and have um, migrated from far lands and, and you're able to get everybody with the same vision and go for it. Yes. Um, currently, um, the people that I manage, um, it's about 71 people and there are maybe seven different languages that are spoken um, within my team and mm -hmm. they're all from different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, they all jumped on to one vision, and they all get along, and it's amazing. Yeah, this says, um, no, um, anyway, it's okay, now we know. It's hard, <laughs> I'll tell you, when you do a podcast, it actually is hard to not say, um. So most people who come on the show, and we like talk to, or they call in, I'll be honest, when we play the show back, we could count the ums. <clears throat> so... This is your first show. Yes. Okay, and we're so happy to have you. And it's it's kind of intimidating because here we are in our uh, makeshift studio. Um, um, right? <laughs> and and we have uh, all these uh, I don't even know what these are out here. They're like they're like cows surrounding the studio, makeshift studio. Yes. It's a canyon. It's a canyon. It's beautiful, by the way. It's so different. When you are always in a city and then you go to nature and it feels like you're out of sync. Yes. It's so weird. It's like it should be opposite. You should be in the city going, uh, I don't get this. I need the country. I need nature. That's why so many people are leaving the city and going to these beautiful places that have mountains and rivers and nature because they want to get the heck out of there. And now that you can work from home, why not? I've lived in the nature since September and I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. It is beautiful out here. Um, the history of um, this little village that I live in is interesting as well. Um, it... <laughs> My house used to be a Yiddish school for children, and um, the little village was a former Jewish camp. And when I say Jewish camp, uh, what I mean is um, a rich Jewish guy from L.A. bought a bunch of land here and uh, recruited a bunch of young Jewish males to tend the horses and the cows. Um, and Wait, then are you talking about this property? Yes. Okay, so this has a Jewish background. Yes. What do you mean by Jewish camp? Because, you know, a lot of people get scared when we start talking about camp Jewish. 
So when I was first told Jewish camp, I was terrified, and I was like, are they talking about, like, Japanese internment camps? And, you know, the, there was terror in my heart, and um, our groundskeeper kind of laughed, and he's like, not that kind of camp. So the males were recruited, they tended to the cows and the horses. I'm sorry, what's a groundskeeper? He's the person that makes sure that everything's going well in this community. So he fixes all the houses. He does all the lights. maintenance guy. Um, there's a maintenance guy, and then he's the boss of the maintenance guy. Okay. Good. Yeah. I got you. He's maintenance uh, supervisor. Yes. Yeah. Got he calls himself the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. It's kind of a classy name. I'm not sure how you would like if you were filling out an application and it said occupation would he write groundskeeper it's almost like he he's a sir or a lord i'm getting the feeling i don't know i mean this is a really strange community and his name is not willie so he's not groundskeeper willie <laughs> nice <laughs> now if we bought a square foot of land in scotland would people have to call us lord I, Scotland is not technically part of the UK, so I don't know what their um, deal is when it comes to being a lord or a duke or whatnot. That's more of a British thing. Um, I thought it's a Scottish thing. No, it's it's English. It's weird because there's a website. You could be a lord in Scotland, but it might have a different uh, requirement. There's a company mm -hmm. that literally sells a square foot of land just so you can be called Lord what? and they are blowing up on the internet. I'm sure our listeners have been on all of these sites that we use for social media without dropping them a free plug. And when you're on there, these things pop up, these sponsored things. And there's this company that you can give them money and they'll give you a deed for a square foot of land. Just one square foot. Yeah. That's hilarious. And they'll plant a plant in it for you. So it'll be not only you're a lord, but you're also creating oxygen and beauty in Scotland on that square foot of land. And now you can change your name because of that to be called a lord in your title. So people are doing it in droves. And this company, I'm sure everyone's going to hear about it. Because they found something that caters to the human element of wanting to be powerful. So for someone to call you a lord is very enticing to people all over this world. What would a woman be called though? I think a lordess. Hmm. Can we do a flag too? I'm not sure. Why not? You own land there. You are an owner of Scottish soil. Whenever I think of that, I think of Braveheart. Yeah. Well. Well. The movie Braveheart, I mean, I think of like freedom. But they were fighting for Scotland. Yeah. They were wearing the kilts. Yeah. Have you been to the, the Tilted Kilt? The restaurant? Yeah. Uh, we used to have one here. Shout out to Tilted Kilt, by the way. Anytime, send us a check. We just gave you a free plug. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fun place to eat. I mean, I personally like it. The bartenders wear kilts. So at first, when you walk in there, it's like, why is everyone in skirts? Place is kind of, I can't say the word anymore because it's uh, woke. But it's a little bit strange for men to wear skirts that are kilts. Like, for me, it's weird. When I see a guy wearing a skirt, it's weird for me. Not saying he can't wear it. It's his job. He works at the tilted kilt. Of course, kilt is in the name. It's a Scottish place. Everyone does it. If I went to Scotland, there'd be guys wearing skirts everywhere you go. All I'm saying is a guy wearing a skirt, it's kind of weird. I think kilts are different than skirts um, because it's a cultural thing. And when I see a Scottish man wearing a kilt, I see it as very masculine. And also, I do come from a culture where there are men that wear, um, we call them jalabas. Oh, that's lingerie? No, the long, uh, like a thobe with a, with a hood. A thobe with yeah. a hood? Yeah, so like a long robe with a hood. A dress? Yeah. Got it. But when I see them, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they look like RuPaul. Um, so I think that, you know, um, there's, a, there's a cultural difference. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so when I see a, a man with a kilt, um, <coughs> I think of him very differently than when I see an American guy wearing a silk skirt and like high heels. And I think the kilts are longer. You know, it's not like they're wearing like a, like a cocktail skirt. <laughs> it's a longer one and they usually are carrying bagpipes. And, and they have a knife strapped to their leg as well. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, the bagpipes are a pretty interesting instrument. I always think of... Uh, police funerals when I hear them for some reason. I don't know any police officers. I've never been to a police funeral, but in all these movies, you know, there's always like the bagpipe being played as uh, the, the boys in blue are saluting the, uh, you know, fallen uh, member. A, yes. It's a military thing too. Um, so are police more pussified now than in the past? And the reason I ask this is there was just a huge shooting I'm sure everyone knows about it. And allegedly, the police did not enter the classroom with an active shooter in Texas. And parents were trying to rush into the school to save the children as they were being murdered. And the police were arresting them. So when I read that and hear that, I think the police must not be the same police as when I was growing up because back in the 80s and 90s the police would have ran in there and shot up the damn place Uvalde is a very small town um it kind of makes me suspicious as to how they reacted um it almost sounds like it may have been like some sort of political move um, to steal our guns I, it, it makes zero sense to me that they just stood there. But as far as, you know, um, the LAPD, the NYPD, um, they are, a lot of them are ex-military. I'm not going to say ex-military because you're forever, but they're veterans. They're leaner and meaner than the cops were in the 80s. But small town cops are different. But just something about how they reacted in this school shooting, um, I just, it doesn't smell right to me. Um, and Don't smell right to anybody. And now that they're sweeping legislation to 
restrict guns. I still don't understand why guns are to blame for people who have mental illness. There's people who are sick. It doesn't matter if they're 20, 30, 40, 50, on and on and on. There's people who are sick. Then there's people who are scared. They're in gangs, they have a lot of money, and they carry weapons. We just had a shooting last night or the night before in Las Vegas on Fremont Street. Shout out uh, to Christina who actually messaged um, everybody at like 2 in the morning saying there was an active shooter on Fremont and stay away from that area. She was actually working upstairs um, at uh, a casino and I saw the video. It ended up that three guys were jumping a guy. You saw the video. Yes. And then uh, someone got shot and dead and a bystander got hit. They're going to survive. So in my mind, that's an active shooter. They're in public shooting a gun in the middle of downtown Las Vegas at two in the morning on a Saturday night. Many people could have been killed. Okay. And the police response, they don't even know where the shooter is. You would think in Las Vegas, a big city on Fremont Street. I mean, imagine if they're robbing the casino. None of these security guards, they have thousands of security guards at the casinos. They have all the patrols in downtown Las Vegas. No one can even stop a shooter on Fremont. Did the shooter escape? Yeah. I think on Fremont and, you know, when you're in a public place that has a lot of people, there's a lot of chaos. Um, I'm thinking the response may have been slow um, because there's not a lot of funding for police at this point, and, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's very strange. I, I don't understand why police response is a lot slower than it's been in the past. The Evalde thing, though, uh, that was just completely like, it blows my mind how these police officers let 20 plus children and teachers get shot to death by one one person. Assassinated. Yeah. A a brutal murder. And the guy shot his grandmother on the way there. And he used used rifles, uh, AR-15s, and I don't know. Those are machine guns. When you shoot somebody with an AR-15, you don't just get a bullet wound. There were children that were completely disfigured to the point where they were not recognizable. Well, they were saying they they had identified them by their shoe color. But anyway, it's gruesome. Let's not scare some of our older listeners who have a low tolerance for um, gory uh, dialogue. But let's just say it was bad. It should never have happened. I think one of the main rules for police, and if police are listening, please read your rules. It says the time to engage is when there's an active shooter. That is like rule number one from my understanding of of law enforcement 101. Active shooter, police engage. That's always been the case. There's a bank robbery with active shooters. They go down to the bank and stop them. Now, the other thing that's happening, and I can speak for LA County because I happen to be a registered voter and a citizen, the fire department during our floods, so when we have the flash floods, have decided that they will not rescue people 
who are submerged in fast running water, let's say under an overpass, they will allow the people to drown and then they will recover the bodies when it is safe. That is a new rule by the Los Angeles Fire Department. We just had floods a couple months ago and there was a few different fatalities of people who were trapped under the underpass, the overpass because the water was rising and they still thought they could get through because they had a truck. They felt like it's just a few inches of water and they got trapped. The water kept rising. They were calling 911, begging for help. And the firefighters in the video, you can see this, are across the street on top of the hill and they're basically waiting till the water goes above their head and kills them. And then they're, they go and get their bodies. This is the new world that we live in. If you are in need of emergency help, it has to be safe for the person saving you. If they're at any risk, they will not do it anymore. They have changed it because we have too many people and a few people dying, I guess, is not a big deal anymore. Didn't we just talk about this with the homeless man who jumped into the river and the police were yelling, I'm not going to save you, and he drowned? Yes. And then they brought a boat to recover his body? Yes. And the response was like, what, 45 minutes? Or five days, who knows? I mean, I'm saying they move how they want to move. And it, I feel like the reason for this has something to do with the protest of how during the riots that we just had, we had a bunch of demonstrations against police. A um, member of the police in Minnesota uh, had left their knee and, and killed uh, the black man, uh, African-American. Mr. George Floyd. Floyd. So that's what I mean is, could it be that the police and the fire department, which happen to work very close together, are standing up and this is the way for them to fight back against the public protests? And they go, well, guess what? We're not going to risk our lives to save you anymore. We're going to collect our checks and we will go in and do our job, but we're going to do our job the way we want to do it. That's interesting and if that's the case then they should stop stating that their job is to serve the public it's just written on the side of their police car it's and the yeah. fire right? yeah it's it's just it's just a sentence now it's not what they live by anymore it's crazy anyway i know our listeners know about the book of questions so i happen to have them and we're gonna ask layla and she may ask me and we'll ask the listeners these are questions to give you just things to think about. This doesn't mean you can't change your opinion later because you're on the spot and they are a little complicated. So let's just get into it. If you could use a voodoo doll to hurt anyone you choose, would you? No. That's a quick no. Hard no. And that's because? It's immoral. Um... I don't, um, I mean, I respect people who <coughs> practice voodoo, but I, I'm not a voodoo practitioner. I don't believe in it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, to spiritually hurt someone like that is just really horrible. Okay. 
Would you be willing to become extremely ugly physically if it meant you would live for a thousand years at any physical age you choose? No. I think that humans are supposed to live for a specific number amount of years for a reason. And I think that living for a thousand years would be depressing because you would see your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren pass away. And you might even be depressed if, you know, society changes so much that uh, it shocks you. I would for sure do it. I would live a thousand years. Really? I'd make myself just like an ugly <laughs> 21 year old or 25, like that range, like early 20s. And I would do that for a thousand years. Man, imagine just the things you would learn and what you would see and just the development of society. It would be crazy to see a thousand years as a young person. So physically, you're young. You're not good looking. You're like they said, you're physically hideous. But you know what? You could wear a helmet. You could wear like a like a, you know what I mean? You could be I could be Batman. I could be anybody. Hey, be if there's another years. pandemic, you can wear a mask. Wear a mask anywhere I go. Right now, there's people who have such psychological issues from the mask that they can't not wear a mask. They have to wear a mask. I see them. I see pictures, selfies of people in masks still. I, I did. I was hesitant to take it off for a while because I felt like I aged so much during the first year of the pandemic. I wasn't ready to show the world what my face looked like. But once I took it off, I was like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to ask you this question. And this is also for the listeners. This is a very profound question. And I've had some really problems trying to understand what I would do. <clears throat> but let me just say it. Okay, one second here. If God appeared to you in a series of vivid and moving dreams and told you to leave everything behind, travel alone to the Red Sea, and become a fisherman, what would you do? I would pray... And I would be very um, thoughtful and pensive about that because dreams are dreams. And that sounds like an amazing dream. But a series of vivid dreams, like over and over and over again, he keeps or she or whatever it is, keeps coming to you and telling you, do this, do this, do this vividly. So you wake up and you're like, oh my God, it happened again. Like Groundhog Day. Oh my God, God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. At and a certain point, you have to do it, right? In your dreams, they are stating that they are God. Appear to you. God appeared to you in a series of vivid dreams. So, so whatever, however you envision God, is it a light? Is it a voice? Is it fire? Is it ice? Whatever it is. It keeps coming to you and telling you, go to the Red Sea and be a fisherman. Go like over and over like to the point where you're waking up in cold sweats going, okay, I'm going to go. I feel like I would have to do some reading, maybe read the Old Testament just to make sure, you know, it's legit. 
Really, if it happened over and over and over at a certain point, you're like... Or, or consult um, a religious <coughs> expert. Okay, now what if you were told to sacrifice your child? Over and over and over and over again. I mean... Then you have to get real help. Well, yeah, but I... From, from what I believe and what I understand, Abraham did it and he was supposed to be the last one. He was the only person that, you know, God tested... So I feel like um, there are people today that claim that, you know, and um, there's people who do it. There's a lady who just drowned like her kids. Yeah. Because she said God told her to do it. So if if that was something that was told to me in my mind, I would think of it more of a mental health issue than than a spiritual thing, because I don't think that God would do that today to us. Wow. So I guess I'm going to ask one for the listeners. And you guys and girls can think about this. Do your close friends tend to be older or younger than you? That's something to think about. Because it says a lot about, and this is my opinion. I'm not giving you some someone else's opinion. If you s- surround yourself with younger people, you may be fearful of aging. And if you surround yourself with older people, you may be wanting to be wiser. And, and, or depending on your age, like let's say you're 19 hanging out with a 21-year-old, maybe you want to party. So you got to think, who do you associate with? Are your friends older or younger? It's a mix. I mean, my closest friendship group, we're all around the same age. I do have some friends that are significantly older. Um, and I do have some friends that are younger. Um, but as far as, you know, my close knit group, we're all around the same age. We are all either older millennials or younger Gen X. Yeah. What, what about you? I would say that a lot of my friends are older. Okay. So I think it's just because also music, when I was doing music, I'd say a lot of the people I was doing music with were between five and 10 years older than me. Right. And we kind of kept our bond. Uh, I do... Recall also when I was uh, in Vegas, you know, a lot of the people who I worked with were a lot older than me. You know, I had gotten there when I was in my 30s. So I know a lot of people had already been, you know, there for 20 years or so and they're in their 40s. Uh, but I always get along with, with really older people as well as younger. I get, I get along with both. I guess for me, the younger people nowadays, I feel like, believe a lot of things that just don't make sense. So it's hard for me to take them seriously because whenever we sit down and we have a conversation, they're telling me, you know, things, but we're using different definitions. So I'm not able to understand what we're even talking about because the conversation can go from like we're on the same page to we are... Um, light years apart in, in making sense. And I feel like the younger people don't have a grasp of even conversation because the attention span is so short. For example, I was talking to uh, someone who was, I don't know, 19? Mm-hmm. And having a conversation. I think we are at Starbucks. While we're talking... This person couldn't even, like, look in my eyes. Mm-hmm. 
They're like looking around, fidgeting, but they're trying to tell me something about ordering that, that they're like, I don't know. Like I made a mistake. I'm holding up the line because I'm not saying the right thing. I'm asking for a large. It's not a large. It's a venti. It's something else. And they're like, hey, uh, when you order, you have to say it this way and give them your name. And, and I was like, oh, I just want like a large cup of coffee. Real simple. You know, here's my money. Large cup of coffee. No, 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 it's not like that. What coffee? Is it a pike? Is it vanilla latte? Is it? And they're trying to coach me. Like I'm an old guy. I can't order a cup of coffee. At Starbucks gives me so much anxiety. I can't do it. I don't know anything about their menu. I just want coffee. And I just, I don't understand the mocha frappa, grande, whatever <laughs> it is with the extra pumps, <coughs> the no fat stuff. It just, it blows my mind how complex ordering coffee from Starbucks is. But if you're 19 years old, you know all the lingo and me being in front of them was holding them up. And I think why, and I'm just going to say this is my guess, was that they practiced their order and they were forgetting their lines and they were going to go up there and say something so ridiculous to this barista. And I was, you know, asking them, is it fresh coffee? When did you brew it? What's the difference between iced coffee or if I just get a cup of coffee over ice? I mean, what is the difference, right? I just want to know because I wanted, I thought iced coffee, but then they're like, oh, well, we have an iced coffee. I said, well, maybe I, I just want a regular coffee over ice. And they're like, whoa, whoa. No, we have an iced coffee, like, like as if it was a bigger deal, more, a more profound coffee that is ice or, or nitro, like a nitro brewed. Come on. You're kidding me, right? Just want a cup of co- a cup of coffee, a cup of Joe. So, you what you're trying to say is you stressed out this poor kid that wanted to <laughs> order his unicorn frappa mocha latte, whatever it was. Right. And, and he was like, "Let me help this this dude out," but then like he just went off kilter. Okay. Now I'm gonna ask you this question. This is gonna be the last question. We've been taking up a lot of people's time. This is our first episode with Layla. She's a new host, co-hosting. John has taken a leave of absence from the show. He's on to bigger and beautiful things. We want to wish John all the best. Yes. Uh, Great guy. Okay. This is the question for you. What? Okay, let me find it. I I, I lost it. Okay, hold on. Give me one more second. It was a good one, too. Okay. Um, can't find it. Okay. How would you react if you were to learn that your mate had had a lover of the same sex before you knew each other? Is that a question for me? I don't know. I just was Or is reading. it a general question? No, there's a question for you. Oh, n- n- no, not acceptable. Yeah, it would be uh, be pretty gross. Mm. Well, you want to be politically correct. N- n- it's not just that. It's if that was the case, then um, I-, I don't want to deal with the physical and emotional issues and the baggage that go with that. We all have friends where this has happened to where a friend is married 
and then they learn the person that they're married to mm-hmm. has this like whole other life. It's like this is like Jerry Springer. I don't know if our listeners know who Jerry Springer is, but there used to be a show. It was crazy. Where they yeah. would bring out like you know my lover. Anyway, that wasn't actually the question I was going to ask you. It was a different one, but mm-hmm. I just grabbed the one closest so, to it. You're saying they previously were in a relationship with the same sex, yeah. and then they admitted it to you um, when you were already in a relationship with them. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what this is asking. Yeah, that's a hard no. Totally would break up. Because it's like that's really probably their lifestyle. It's, and now they're fronting. Like, now they're trying to be something different. But it's, it's just, like once yeah. you cross that boundary, yeah. there's and, not really a lot of coming back. And that's something that you should disclose upon this <coughs> meeting because of the, you know, the risk of STDs. Um, y- your partner should know if somebody is gay or bisexual. I mean, that's that's obvious. So Now, is the reason monkeypox are spreading because of homosexual sex? I, I, I feel like I read an article... That had said that, don't be worried about monkeypox. It's only spreading in the gay community. I think it spreads faster in the gay community because of how it's being transmitted. Um, because anything that's transmitted through um, a specific type of action, um, it transmits faster. Um, it didn't start in the gay community, but I think... Um, the gay community and that specific thing that they do help to spread it a lot quicker. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe that, you know, you get out of one uh, pandemic and then another and another. and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if monkeypox is scarier than COVID, <coughs> it, it just, you see the pictures and you're just like, wow, like. Just boils like all over your body. It's like the plague. Yeah, it's, it doesn't, doesn't seem fun. No, it doesn't. Okay, so this is an interesting... I just want to share this also. Do you know that Mars has a slower uh, speed of sound? So scientists discovered that the speed of sound on Mars travels at 240 meters per second, and on Earth, sound travels at 350 meters per second. Okay. So it's because the atmosphere... I guess is a hundred times or so more dense. Mm-hmm. But what that means is that the way that we hear things would be different. It would be a lot slower that, that the sound would hit you. So like if I, if I did this, that's how everyone heard it. But on Mars, you wouldn't have heard that yet because the sound would still be traveling. If the atmosphere was more dense, would the sound also be more muted? Kind of like if you're underwater? That I don't know. I'm not sure how uh, how density affects sound, but I think it would be different than water. I think that's a fun fact. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that. It is Do You Know? And today it's with Layla and Dan. And, uh, well, anyway, this has been our first episode. We appreciate all the listeners. Thank you very much for having me. This is my first time doing this. I was extremely nervous. Um... And thank you for being gracious. All right. You did great. And we will see you next time. This is Dan. And Layla. See you later. Welcome to Do You Know um, with John and Dan. John uh, actually is taking a hiatus from the show. So we have a fill-in host uh, who's 
going to be working with the show now, Layla. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So what's going on? Not much. Happy Monday. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Um, so I am from a lot of places. I've lived in a lot of places. Um, Do tell. <laughs> shall I list? <laughs> let's, just, let's just start from the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Bermuda. Um, my father was a diplomat and he was in the Navy. So we moved around a lot. Um, after Bermuda, I lived in Italy. Um, after Italy, um, we lived in Illinois and moved to California when I was nine, um, moved to Woodland Hills, then to Ontario, then to Newport Beach, awesome. and I lived in Upland, and then in between all of these places that I've lived, I've done a lot of traveling, um, I think I've been to maybe nine countries so far, um, one of my favorite things to do, mm -hmm. um, but basically, um, other than that, I'm just a regular person, um, I'm a layman that just reads a lot, and um, I really like um, cooking and cleaning. Cool, very awesome. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> so that's great to hear, and we are so happy that you're on the show. So, what's your political affiliation? You're left. No. You're right. No. You're in between. You hate politics. I don't hate politics. Um, I kind of, I mean, I guess I can say I'm in between, but I find uh, very significant problems with both the left and the right. Okay, but wait. Dr. Fauci has coronavirus. Are you happy? I'm never happy when anybody has coronavirus. Damn it. I'm so happy he got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like the biggest puppet I've ever seen in my life. And he got sick with coronavirus after fully two shots, 15 boosters, a wig, a makeover, a facelift. <laughs> and he still got it. So I find it ironic. Um, I find it, you know, not funny, haha, -ha, but kind of funny that he did get it. Vaccines don't work. And <laughs> no, go ahead. I think it's funny that um, he can't blink <clears throat> because you're right. He's had a little bit too much Botox. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe calm down on the injections and be a little bit more careful. But um, allegedly, he's a dirtbag. I think um, that most politicians and most. Um, Figures in the medical field are dirtbags. Okay, so Biden fell off his bike. So he went for a bike ride and he fell to the ground. <laughs> Biden also needs to calm down on the Botox because he can barely open his eyes. Yeah, is he really sleepy, Joe? <laughs> I think he's Botox, Joe. And I think that's what causes the eyes to not open. There's no way he can run again for president. You can't have a president who falls down. He fell off the stairs getting onto Air Force One. At the beginning of his presidency. He literally fell on the staircase. And the memes, my God, if you haven't seen them, take a break, pause the show, go to any of your sites where you have memes, and take a look at Joe falling on the stairs, and now look at the memes of him falling on his bike. My goodness. Can the guy stand up straight? I think that he is too old to run for a second term. Um, I mean, we have a minimum age requirement to be president of the United States. 
should we not have a maximum <clears throat> age requirement? What's the minimum age? 40? I believe it's 30-something. 30? 30? It, it could be 40, but I, I think it's 35. 40 is like Kabbalah. Yeah, well, no, Kabbalah, it's, well, it was 35 originally, but now it, it kind of goes back and forth depending on the school of thought. Actually, shout out to uh, Yonatan, big listener on the show. We were talking about Kabbalah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he said. It's not about your age, but about where you are in the wisdom steps of life. And, you know, he's a father. He's doing really good. Again, shout out. Shout out to everybody in Israel. Sorry we've been on hiatus on the show, and I'm so happy that you're tuning in with our new host, guest host. I don't know what you are yet. Maybe you're the future host. John's on hiatus. We have Layla. She's amazing. By the way, she works with the public. Um... What do you do? I would like to not disclose exactly what I do, but um, I do work with the public, and I have a lot of fun, and um, I um, I manage people, and I just I really love what I do. Um, so you're a big boss. I'm not a big boss. I'm a little boss. Small boss. Yes. Okay. Well, literally and figuratively. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good to be able to work with people and manage all different people from all over the world. I'm sure you have people who speak a bunch of different languages and have um, migrated from far lands. And, and you're able to get everybody with the same vision and go for it. Yes. Um, currently, um, the people that I manage, um, it's about 71 people, and there are maybe seven different languages that are spoken um, within my team, and mm -hmm. they're all from different parts of the world, mm -hmm. and um, they all jumped on to one vision, and they all get along, and it's amazing. Yeah, this says, um, no, um, anyway, it's okay, <laughs> now we know. It's hard, I'll tell you, when you do a podcast, it actually is hard to not say, um. So most people who come on the show and we like talk to or they call in, I'll be honest, when we play the show back, we could count the ums. <clears throat> so this is your first show. Yes. Okay? And we're so happy to have you. And it's, it's kind of intimidating because here we are in our uh, makeshift studio. Um, um, right? <laughs> and, and we have uh, all these... Uh, I don't even know what these are out here. They're like they're like cows surrounding the studio, makeshift studio. Yes. It's a canyon. It's a canyon. It's beautiful, by the way. It's so different when you are always in a city and then you go to nature and it feels like you're out of sync. Yes. It's so weird. It's like it should be opposite. You should be in the city going... Uh, I don't get this. I need the country. I need nature. That's why so many people are leaving the city and going to these beautiful places that have mountains and rivers and nature because they want to get the heck out of there. And now that you can work from home, why not? I've lived in the nature since September, and I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. It is beautiful out here. Um, the history of um, this little village that I live in is interesting as well. Um, it <laughs> My house used to be a Yiddish school for children, and um, 
the little village was a former Jewish camp. And when I say Jewish camp, uh, what I mean is um, a rich Jewish guy from L.A. bought a bunch of land here and uh, recruited a bunch of young Jewish males to tend the horses and the cows. Um, and Wait, then are you talking about this property? Yes. Okay, so this has a Jewish background. Yes. What do you mean by Jewish camp? Because, you know, a lot of people get scared when we start talking about camp Jewish. So when I was first told Jewish camp, I was terrified. And I was like, are they talking about like Japanese internment camps? And, you know, the, there was terror in my heart. And um, our groundskeeper kind of laughed and he's like, not that kind of camp. So the males were recruited. They tended to the cows and the horses. I'm sorry, what's a groundskeeper? He's the person that makes sure that everything's going well in this community. So he fixes all the houses. He does all the lights. maintenance guy. Um, there's a maintenance guy, and then he's the boss of the maintenance guy. Okay. Yeah. I got you. He's maintenance uh, supervisor. Yes. Got yeah. It. He calls Oops. himself the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. It's kind of a classy name. I'm not sure how you would like if you were filling out an application and it said occupation would he write groundskeeper it's almost like he he's a sir or a lord i'm getting the feeling i don't know i mean this is a really strange community and his name is not willie so he's not groundskeeper willie <laughs> nice <laughs> now if we bought a square foot of land in scotland would people have to call us lord I, Scotland is not technically part of the UK, so I don't know what their um, deal is when it comes to being a lord or a duke or whatnot. That's more of a British thing. Um, I thought it's a Scottish thing. No, it's it's English. It's weird because there's a website. You could be a lord in Scotland, but it might have a different uh, requirement. There's a company mm -hmm. that literally sells a square foot of land just so you can be called Lord what? and they are blowing up on the internet. I'm sure our listeners have been on all of these sites that we use for social media without dropping them a free plug. And when you're on there, these things pop up, these sponsored things. And there's this company that you can give them money and they'll give you a deed for a square foot of land. Just one square foot. Yeah. That's hilarious. And they'll plant a plant in it for you. So it'll be not only you're a lord, but you're also creating oxygen and beauty in Scotland on that square foot of land. And now you can change your name because of that to be called a lord in your title. So people are doing it in droves. And this company, I'm sure everyone's going to hear about it. Because they found something that caters to the human element of wanting to be powerful. So for someone to call you a lord is very enticing to people all over this world. What would a woman be called though? I think a lordess. Hmm. Can we do a flag too? I'm not sure. Why not? You own land there. You are an owner of Scottish soil. Whenever I think of that, I think of Braveheart. Yeah. Well, 
Well. The movie Braveheart, I mean, I think of like freedom. Well, they were fighting for Scotland. Yeah. They were wearing the kilts. Yeah. Have you been to the, the Tilted Kilt? The restaurant? Yeah. Uh, we used to have one here. Shout out to Tilted Kilt, by the way. Anytime, send us a check. We just gave you a free plug. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun place to eat. I mean, I personally like it. The bartenders wear kilts. So at first, when you walk in there, it's like, why is everyone in skirts? Place is kind of, I can't say the word anymore because it's uh, woke. But it's a little bit strange for men to wear skirts that are kilts. Like, for me, it's weird. When I see a guy wearing a skirt, it's weird for me. Not saying he can't wear it. It's his job. He works at the Tilted Kilt. Of course, kilt is in the name. It's a Scottish place. Everyone does it. If I went to Scotland, there'd be guys wearing skirts everywhere you go. All I'm saying is a guy wearing a skirt, it's kind of weird. I think kilts are different than skirts. Um because it's a cultural thing. And when I see a Scottish man wearing a kilt, I see it as very masculine. Hmm. And also, I do come from a culture where there are men that wear, um, we call them jalabas. Oh, that's lingerie? No, the long, uh, like a thobe with a, with a hood. A thobe with yeah. a hood? Yeah, so like a long robe with a hood. A dress? Yeah. Got it. But when I see them, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they look like RuPaul. Um, so I think that, you know, um, there's a, there's a cultural difference. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So when I see a, a man with a kilt, um, <coughs> I think of him very differently than when I see an American guy wearing a silk skirt and like high heels. And I think the kilts are longer. You know, it's not like they're wearing like a, like a cocktail skirt. <laughs> it's a longer one and they usually are carrying bagpipes. And, and they have a knife strap to their leg as well. <clears throat> and I'll tell you the bagpipes are a pretty interesting instrument. I always think of uh, police funerals when I hear them for some reason. I don't know any police officers. I've never been to a police funeral, but in all these movies, you know, there's always like the bagpipe being played as uh, the, the boys in blue are saluting the, uh, you know, fallen uh, it's member. A, yes. It's a military thing too. Um, so our police more pussified now than in the past. And the reason I asked this is there was just a huge shooting. I'm sure everyone knows about it. And allegedly, the police did not enter the classroom with an active shooter in Texas. And parents were trying to rush into the school to save the children as they were being murdered. And the police were arresting them. So... When I read that and hear that, I think the police must not be the same police as when I was growing up. Because back in the 80s and 90s, the police would have ran in there and shot up the damn place. Uvalde is a very small town. Um, it kind of makes me suspicious as to how they reacted. Um, it almost sounds like it may have been like some sort of political move. Um, to steal our guns? I, it, it, it makes zero sense to me that they just stood there. <coughs> but as far as, you know, um, the LAPD, the NYPD, um, they are, a lot of them are ex-military. I'm not going to say ex-military because you're forever, but they're veterans. 
They're leaner and meaner than the cops were in the 80s. But small town cops are different. But just something about how they reacted in this school shooting, um, I just, it doesn't smell right to me. Um, and it doesn't smell right to anybody. And now that they're sweeping legislation to restrict guns, I still don't understand why guns are to blame for people who have mental illness. There's people who are sick. It doesn't matter if they're 20, 30, 40, 50, on and on and on. There's people who are sick. Then there's people who are scared. They're in gangs, they have a lot of money, and they carry weapons. We just had a shooting last night or the night before in Las Vegas on Fremont Street. Shout out uh, to Christina who actually messaged um, everybody at like two in the morning saying there was an active shooter on Fremont and stay away from that area. She was actually working upstairs um, at uh, a casino and I saw the video. It ended up that three guys were jumping a guy. You saw the video. Yes. And then uh, someone got shot and dead and a bystander got hit. They're going to survive. So in my mind, that's an active shooter. They're in public shooting a gun in the middle of downtown Las Vegas at two in the morning on a Saturday night. Many people could have been killed. <clears throat> okay. And the police response, they don't even know where the shooter is. You would think in Las Vegas, a big city on Fremont Street. I mean, imagine if they're robbing the casino. None of these security guards, they have thousands of security guards at the casinos. They have all the patrols in downtown Las Vegas. No one can even stop a shooter on Fremont. Did the shooter escape? Yeah. I think on Fremont and, you know, when you're in a public place that has a lot of people, there's a lot of chaos. Um, I'm thinking the response may have been slow um, because... There's not a lot of funding for police at this point, and, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's very strange. I, I don't understand why police response is a lot slower than it's been in the past. The Evalde thing, though, uh, that was just completely like, it blows my mind how these police officers let 20-plus children and teachers get shot to death Assassin by one by one person assassinated yeah a, a brutal murder and the guy shot his grandmother on the way there and he used uh he used he used rifles uh AR15s and I don't know those are machine guns when you shoot somebody with an AR15 you don't just get a bullet wound there were children that were completely disfigured to the point where they were not recognizable well, they were saying they, they had identified by their shoe color. But anyway, it's gruesome. Let's not scare some of our older listeners who have a low tolerance for um, gory uh, dialogue. But right. let's just say it was bad. It should never have happened. I think one of the main rules for police, and if police are listening, please read your rules. It says the time to engage is when there's an active shooter. That is like rule number one from my understanding of, of law enforcement 101. Active shooter, police engage. That's always been the case. There's a bank robbery with active shooters, they go down to the bank and stop them. 
Now, the other thing that's happening, and I can speak for L.A. County because I happen to be a registered voter and a citizen, the fire department during our floods, so when we have the flash floods, have decided that they will not rescue people who are submerged in fast running water, let's say under an overpass, they will allow the people to drown and then they will recover the bodies when it is safe. That is a new rule by the Los Angeles Fire Department. We just had floods a couple months ago and there was a few different fatalities of people who were trapped under the underpass, the overpass because the water was rising and they still thought they could get through because they had a truck. They felt like it's just a few inches of water and they got trapped. The water kept rising. They were calling 911, begging for help. And the firefighters in the video, you can see this, are across the street on top of the hill. And they're basically waiting till the water goes above their head and kills them. And then they're, they go and get their bodies. This is the new world that we live in. If you are in need of emergency help, it has to be safe for the person saving you. If they're at any risk, they will not do it anymore. They have changed it because we have too many people and a few people dying, I guess, is not a big deal anymore. Didn't we just talk about this with the homeless man who jumped into the river and the police were yelling, I'm not going to save you, and he drowned? Yes. And then they brought a boat to recover his body? Yes. And the response was like, what, 45 minutes? Or five days, who knows? I mean, I'm saying they move how they want to move. And it, I feel like the reason for this has something to do with the protest of how during the riots that we just had, we had a bunch of demonstrations against police. A um, member of the police in Minnesota uh, had left their knee and, and killed uh, the black man, uh, African-American. Mr. George Floyd. Floyd. So that's what I mean is, could it be that the police and the fire department, which happen to work very close together, are standing up and this is the way for them to fight back against the public protests? And they go, well, guess what? We're not going to risk our lives to save you anymore. We're going to collect our checks and we will go in and do our job, but we're going to do our job the way we want to do it. That's interesting and if that's the case then they should stop stating that their job is to serve the public it's just written on the side of their police car it and should, the yeah. fire right? yeah it's it's just it's just a sentence now it's not what they live by anymore it's crazy anyway i know our listeners know about the book of questions so i happen to have them and we're gonna ask layla and she may ask me and we'll ask the listeners these are questions to give you just things to think about. This doesn't mean you can't change your opinion later because you're on the spot and they are a little complicated. So let's just get into it. If you could use a voodoo doll to hurt anyone you choose, would you? No. That's a quick no. Hard no. And that's because? It's immoral. 
Um, I don't, um, I mean, I respect people <coughs> who practice voodoo, but I, I'm not a voodoo practitioner. I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, to spiritually hurt someone like that is just really horrible. Okay. Would you be willing to become extremely ugly physically? If it meant you would live for a thousand years at any physical age you choose? No. I think that humans are supposed to live for a specific number amount of years for a reason. And I think that living for a thousand years would be depressing because you would see your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren pass away. And you might even be depressed if, you know... Society changes so much that uh, it shocks you. I would for sure do it. I would live a thousand years. Really? I'd make myself just like an ugly <laughs> 21 year old or 25, like that range, like early 20s. And I would do that for a thousand years. Man, imagine just the things you would learn and what you would see and just the development of society. It would be crazy to see a thousand years as a young person. So physically, you're young. You're not good looking. You're like they said, you're physically hideous. But you know what? You could wear a helmet. You could wear like a just like a, you know what I mean? You could be I could be Batman. I could be anybody. Hey, I could be if there's another years. pandemic, you can wear a mask. Wear a mask anywhere I go. Right now, there's people who have such psychological issues from the mask that they can't not wear a mask. They have to wear a mask. I see them, I see pictures, selfies, of people in masks, still. I, I did, I was hesitant to take it off for a while because I felt like I aged so much during the first year of the pandemic. I wasn't ready to show the world what my face looked like. But once I took it off, I was like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah, now I'm gonna ask you this question and this is also for the listeners. This is a very profound question, and I've had some really problems trying to understand what I would do, <clears throat> but let me just say it. Okay. One second here. If God appeared to you in a series of vivid and moving dreams and told you to leave everything behind, travel alone to the Red Sea, and become a fisherman, what would you do? I would pray and I would be very um, thoughtful and pensive about that because dreams are dreams and that sounds like an amazing dream. But a series of vivid dreams like over and over and over again. He keeps or she or whatever it is keeps coming to you and telling you, do this, do this, do this vividly. So you wake up and you're like, oh my God, it happened again. Like Groundhog Day. Oh my God, God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. At a certain point, you'd have to do it, right? In your dreams, they are stating that they are God. Appear to you. God appeared to you in a series of vivid dreams. So, so whatever, however you envision God, is it a light? Is it a voice? Is it fire? Is it ice? Whatever it is, it keeps coming to you and telling you, go to the Red Sea and be a fisherman. 
go like over and over like to the point where you're waking up in cold sweats going, okay, I'm going to go. I feel like I would have to do some reading, maybe read the Old Testament just to make sure, you know, it's legit. Really? If it happened over and over and over at a certain point, you're like... Or, or consult um, a religious <coughs> expert. Okay, now what if you were told to sacrifice your child? Over and over and over and over again. I mean... Then you have to get real help. Well, yeah, but I... From, from what I believe and what I understand, Abraham did it and he was supposed to be the last one. He was the only person that, you know, God tested. So I feel like um, there are people today that claim that, you know. Yeah. And, um, There's people who do it. There's a lady who just drowned, like, her kids. Yeah, Because yeah. she said God told her to do it. So if, if that was something that was told to me in my mind, I would think of it more of a mental health issue than, than a spiritual thing. Because I, I, I don't think that God would do that today to us. Wow. So I guess I'm going to ask one for the listeners. And you guys and girls can think about this. Do your close friends tend to be older or younger than you? That's something to think about. Because it says a lot about, and this is my opinion. I'm not giving you some someone else's opinion. If you surround yourself with younger people, you may be fearful of aging. And if you surround yourself with older people, you may be wanting to be wiser. And, and, or depending on your age, like let's say you're 19 hanging out with 21-year-old, maybe you want to party. So you got to think, who do you associate with? Are your friends older or younger? It's a mix. I mean, my closest friendship group, we're all around the same age. I do have some friends that are significantly older. Um, and I do have some friends that are younger. Um, but as far as, you know, my close knit group, we're all around the same age. We're all either older millennials or younger Gen X. Yeah. What, what about you? I would say that a lot of my friends are older. Okay. So I think it's just because also music, when I was doing music, I'd say a lot of the people I was doing music with were between five and 10 years older than me. Right. And we kind of kept our bond. Uh, I do... Recall also when I was uh, in Vegas, you know, a lot of the people who I worked with were a lot older than me. You know, I had gotten there when I was in my 30s. So I know a lot of people had already been, you know, there for 20 years or so and they're in their 40s. Uh, but I always get along with, with really older people as well as younger. I get, I get along with both. I guess for me, the younger people nowadays, I feel like believe a lot of things that just don't make sense. So it's hard for me to take them seriously because whenever we sit down and we have a conversation, they're telling me, you know, things, but we're using different definitions. So I'm not able to understand what we're even talking about because the conversation can go from like we're on the same page to we are... Um, light years apart in, in making sense. And I feel like the younger people don't have a grasp of even conversation because the attention span is so short. 
For example, I was talking to uh, someone who was, I don't know, 19? Mm-hmm. And having a conversation. I think we were at Starbucks. While we're talking, this person couldn't even, like, look in my eyes. Mm-hmm. They're, like, looking around, fidgeting. But they're trying to tell me something about ordering that, that they're like, I don't know. Like, I made a mistake. I'm holding up the line because I'm not saying the right thing. I'm asking for a large. It's not a large. It's a venti. It's something else. And they're like, hey, uh, when you order, you have to say it this way and give them your name. And, and I was like, oh, I just want like a large cup of coffee. Real simple. You know, here's my money. Large cup of coffee. No, no, no it's not like that. What coffee? Is it a pike? Is it vanilla latte? Is it... And they're trying to coach me. Like I'm an old guy. I can't order a cup of coffee. At Starbucks gives me so much anxiety. I can't do it. I don't know anything about their menu. I just want coffee. And I just, I don't understand the mocha frappa, grande, whatever <laughs> it is with the extra pumps, <coughs> the no fat stuff. It just, it blows my mind how complex ordering coffee from Starbucks is. But if you're 19 years old, you know all the lingo and... Me being in front of them was holding them up. And I think why, and I'm just going to say this is my guess, was that they practiced their order. And they were forgetting their lines. And they were going to go up there and say something so ridiculous to this barista. And I was, you know, asking them, is it fresh coffee? When did you brew it? What's the difference between iced coffee or if I just get a cup of coffee over ice? I mean, what is the difference, right? I just want to know because I wanted, I thought iced coffee, but then they're like, oh, well, we have an iced coffee. I said, well, maybe I, I just want a regular coffee over ice. And they're like, whoa, whoa. No, we have an iced coffee, like, like as if it was a bigger deal, more, a more profound coffee that is ice or, or nitro, like a nitro brewed. Come on. You're kidding me, right? Just want a cup of co- a cup of coffee, a cup of Joe. So, you what you're trying to say is you stressed out this poor kid that wanted to <laughs> order his unicorn frappa mocha latte, whatever it was. Right. And, and he was like, "Let me help this this dude out," but then like he just went off kilter. Okay, now I'm gonna ask you this question. This is gonna be the last question. We've been taking up a lot of people's time. This is our first episode with Layla. She's a new host, co-hosting. John has taken a leave of absence from the show. He's on to bigger and beautiful things. We want to wish John all the best. Yes. Uh, Great guy. Okay. This is the question for you. What? Okay, let me find it. I forgot. I I lost it. Okay, hold on. Give me one more second. It was a good one, too. Okay. Um, can't find it. Okay. How would you react if you were to learn that your mate had had a lover of the same sex before you knew each other? Is that a question for me? I don't know. I just was. Or is reading. it a general question? No, it's a question for you. Oh n- n- no, not acceptable. Yeah, it would be uh, be pretty gross. Mm. Well, you want to be politically correct. N- n- it's not just that. It's 
if that was the case, then um, I, I don't want to deal with the physical and emotional issues and the baggage that go with that. We all have friends where this has happened to, where a friend is married and then they learn the person that they're married to mm-hmm. has this like whole other life. It's like, this is like Jerry Springer. I don't know if our listeners know who Jerry Springer is, but there used to be a show. It was crazy. Where they yeah. would bring out like, you know, my lover. Anyway, that wasn't actually the question I was going to ask you. It was a different one, but mm-hmm. I just grabbed the one closest so, to it. you're saying they previously were in a relationship with the same sex. Yeah. And then they admitted it to you um, when you were already in a relationship with them. Yeah, well, I guess that's what this is asking. Yeah, that's a hard no. Totally would break up. Because it's like that's really probably their lifestyle. It's, and now they're fronting. Like now they're trying to be something different. But it's, it's this, like once yeah. you cross that boundary, yeah. there's and, not really a lot of coming back. And that's something that you should disclose upon this <coughs> meeting because of the, you know, the risk of STDs. Um, y- your partner should know if somebody is gay or bisexual. I mean, that's, that's obvious. So now is the reason monkeypox are spreading because of homosexual sex? I, I, I feel like I read an article that had said that don't be worried about monkeypox, it's only spreading in the gay community. I think it spreads faster in the gay community because of how it's being transmitted. Um, because anything that's transmitted through um, a specific type of action, um, it transmits faster. Um, it didn't start in the gay community, but I think um, the gay community and that specific thing that they do help to spread it a lot quicker. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe that, you know, you get out of one a pandemic and then another and another. and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if monkeypox is scarier than COVID, <coughs> it, it just, you see the pictures and you're just like, wow, like... Just boils like all over your body. It's like the plague. Yeah, it's it don't doesn't seem fun. No, it doesn't. Okay, so this is an interesting. I just want to share this also. Do you know that Mars has a slower uh, speed of sound? So scientists discovered that the speed of sound on Mars travels at two hundred forty meters per second. And on Earth, sound travels at 350 meters per second. Okay. So it's because the atmosphere, I guess, is 100 times or so more dense. Mm-hmm. But what that means is that the way that we hear things would be different. It would be a lot slower. That, that the sound would hit you. So like if I, if I did this, that's how everyone heard it. But on Mars, you wouldn't have heard that yet. Because the sound would still be traveling. If the atmosphere was more dense, would the sound also be more muted? Kind of like if you're underwater? That I don't know. I'm not sure how uh, how density affects sound, but I think it would be different than water. I think that's a fun fact. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that. It is Do You Know? And today it's with Layla and Dan. And uh, well, anyway, this has been our first episode. We appreciate all the listeners. Thank you very much for having me. This is my first time doing this. I was extremely nervous. um, And thank you for being gracious. All right. You did great. And we will see you next time. This is Dan. And Layla. See you later.
Welcome to Do You Know um, with John and Dan. John uh, actually is taking a hiatus from the show. So we have a fill-in host uh, who's going to be working with the show now, Layla. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So what's going on? Not much. Happy Monday. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Um... So I am from a lot of places. I've lived in a lot of places. Um, Do tell. <laughs> shall I list? Let's just, let's just start from the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Bermuda. Um, my father was a diplomat and he was in the Navy. So we moved around a lot. Um, after Bermuda, I lived in Italy. Um, after Italy, um, we lived in Illinois and moved to California when I was nine, um, moved to Woodland Hills, then to Ontario, then to Newport Beach, awesome. and I lived in Upland. And then in between all of these places that I've lived, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, I think I've been to maybe nine countries so far. Um, one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, um, other than that, I'm just a regular person. Um, I'm a layman that just reads a lot, and um, I really like um, cooking and cleaning. Cool. Very awesome. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, that's great to hear, and we are so happy that you're on the show. So, what's your political affiliation? You're left. No. You're right. No. You're in between. You hate politics. I don't hate politics. Um, I kind of, I mean, I guess I can say I'm in between, but I find uh, very significant problems with both the left and the right. Okay, but wait. Dr. Fauci has coronavirus. Are you happy? I'm never happy when anybody has coronavirus. Damn it. I'm so happy he got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like the biggest puppet I've ever seen in my life. And he got sick with coronavirus after fully two shots, 15 boosters, a wig, a makeover, a facelift, <laughs> and he still got it. So I find it ironic. Um, I find it, you know, not funny, haha, but kind of funny that he did get it. Vaccines don't work. And... <laughs> No, go ahead. I think it's funny that um, he can't blink <coughs> because you're right. He's had a little bit too much Botox. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe calm down on the injections and be a little bit more careful. But um, Allegedly, he's a dirtbag. I think um, that most politicians and most um, figures in the medical field are dirtbags. Okay, so Biden fell off his bike. So he went for a bike ride and he fell to the ground. <laughs> Biden also needs to calm down on Botox because he can barely open his eyes. Yeah, is he really sleepy, Joe? <laughs> I think he's Botox, Joe, and I think that's what causes the eyes to not open. There's no way he can run again for president. You can't have a president who falls down. He fell off the stairs getting onto Air Force One at the beginning of his presidency. He literally fell on the staircase, and the memes. My God, if you haven't seen them, take a break, pause the show, go to any of your sites where you have memes, and take a look at Joe falling on the stairs, and now look at the memes of him falling on his bike. My goodness. Can the guy stand up straight? 
I think that he is too old to run for a second term. Um, I mean, we have a minimum age requirement to be president of the United States. Should we not have a maximum <clears throat> age requirement? What's the minimum age? 40? I believe it's 30-something. 30? 30? It, it could be 40, but I, I think it's 35. 40 is like Kabbalah. Yeah, well, no, Kabbalah, it's, well, it was 35 originally, but now it, it kind of goes back and forth depending on the school of thought. Actually, shout out to uh, Yonatan, big listener on the show. We were talking about Kabbalah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he said. It's not about your age, but about where you are in the wisdom steps of life. And, you know, he's a father. He's doing really good. Again, shout out. Shout out to everybody in Israel. Sorry we've been on hiatus on the show, and I'm so happy that you're tuning in with our new host, guest host. I don't know what you are yet. Maybe you're the future host. John's on hiatus. We have Layla. She's amazing. By the way, she works with the public. Um, what do you do? I would like to not disclose exactly what I do, but um, I do work with the public, and I have a lot of fun, and um, I, um, I manage people. And I just, I really love what I do. Um, so you're a big boss? I'm not a big boss, I'm a little boss. Small boss? Yes. Okay. Well, Literally and figuratively. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good to be able to work with people and manage all different people from all over the world. I'm sure you have people who speak a bunch of different languages and have um, migrated from far lands. And, and you're able to get everybody with the same vision and go for it. Yes. Um, currently, um, the people that I manage, um, it's about 71 people and there are maybe seven different languages that are spoken um, within my team. And mm -hmm. they're all from different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, they all jumped on to one vision and they all get along and it's amazing. Yeah. This says, um, no, um, anyway, it's okay. <laughs> now we know. It's hard. I'll tell you, when you do a podcast, it actually is hard to not say, um. So most people who come on the show and we like talk to or they call in, I'll be honest, when we play the show back, we could count the ums. <clears throat> so this is your first show. Yes. Okay? And we're so happy to have you. And it's, it's kind of intimidating because here we are in our uh, makeshift studio. Um, um, right? <laughs> And, and we have, uh, all these, uh, I don't even know what these are out here. They're like, they're like cows surrounding the studio, makeshift studio. Yes. It's a canyon. It's a canyon. It's beautiful, by the way. It's so different when you are always in a city and then you go to nature and it feels like you're out of sync. Yes. It's so weird. It's like, it should be opposite. You should be in the city going, uh, I don't get this. I need the country. I need nature. That's why so many people are leaving the city and going to these beautiful places that have mountains and rivers and nature because they want to get the heck out of there. And now that you can work from home, why not? I've lived in the nature since September and I'll tell you you're absolutely right it is beautiful out here um 
the history of um, this little village that I live in is interesting as well. Um, it, <laughs> my house used to be a Yiddish school for children, and um, the little village was a former Jewish camp. And when I say Jewish camp, uh, what I mean is um, a rich Jewish guy from L.A., bought a bunch of land here and uh, recruited a bunch of young Jewish males to tend the horses and the cows. Um, and Wait, are you talking about this property? Yes. Okay, so this has a Jewish background. Yes. What do you mean by Jewish camp? Because, you know, a lot of people get scared when we start talking about camp Jewish. So when I was first told Jewish camp, I was terrified and I was like, are they talking about like Japanese internment camps? And you know, the, there was terror in my heart and um, our groundskeeper kind of laughed and he's like, not that kind of camp. So the males were recruited, they tended to the cows and the horses. I'm sorry, what's a groundskeeper? He's the person that makes sure that everything's going well in this community. So he fixes all the houses. He does all the lights. maintenance guy. Um, there's a maintenance guy, and then he's the boss of the maintenance guy. Okay. Yeah. I got you. He's maintenance uh, supervisor. Yes. Got yeah. It. He calls Oops. himself the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. It's kind of a classy name. I'm not sure how you would like if you were filling out an application, and it said occupation would he write groundskeeper it's almost like he he's a sir or a lord i'm getting the feeling i don't know i mean this is a really strange community and his name is not willie so he's not groundskeeper willie <laughs> nice <laughs> now if we bought a square foot of land in scotland would people have to call us lord I, Scotland is not technically part of the UK, so I don't know what their um, deal is when it comes to being a lord or a duke or whatnot. That's more of a British thing. Um, I thought it's a Scottish thing. No, it's it's English. It's weird because there's a website. You could be a lord in Scotland, but it might have a different uh, requirement. There's a company mm -hmm. that literally sells a square foot of land just so you can be called Lord what? and they are blowing up on the internet. I'm sure our listeners have been on all of these sites that we use for social media without dropping them a free plug. And when you're on there, these things pop up, these sponsored things. And there's this company that you can give them money and they'll give you a deed for a square foot of land. Just one square foot. Yeah. That's hilarious. And they'll plant a plant in it for you. So it'll be not only you're a lord, but you're also creating oxygen and beauty in Scotland on that square foot of land. And now you can change your name because of that to be called a lord in your title. So people are doing it in droves. And this company, I'm sure everyone's going to hear about it. Because they found something that caters to the human element of wanting to be powerful. So for someone to call you a lord is very enticing to people all over this world. What would a woman be called though? I think a lordess. Hmm. 
Can we do a flag too? I'm not sure. Why not? You own land there. You are an owner of Scottish soil. Whenever I think of that, I think of Braveheart. Yeah. Well. Well. The movie Braveheart, I mean, I think of like freedom. But they were fighting for Scotland. Yeah. They were wearing the kilts. Yeah. Have you been to the, the Tilted Kilt? The restaurant? Yeah. Uh, we used to have one here. And Shout out to Tilted Kilt, by the way. Anytime, send us a check. We just gave you a free plug. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun place to eat. I mean, I personally like it. The bartenders wear kilts. So at first, when you walk in there, it's like, why is everyone in skirts? Place is kind of, I can't say the word anymore because it's uh, woke. But it's a little bit strange for men to wear skirts that are kilts. Like, for me, it's weird. When I see a guy wearing a skirt, it's weird for me. Not saying he can't wear it. It's his job. He works at the tilted kilt. Of course, kilt is in the name. It's a Scottish place. Everyone does it. If I went to Scotland, there'd be guys wearing skirts everywhere you go. All I'm saying is a guy wearing a skirt, it's kind of weird. I think kilts are different than skirts. Um because it's a cultural thing. And when I see a Scottish man wearing a kilt, I see it as very masculine. Hmm. And also, I do come from a culture where there are men that wear, um, we call them jalabas. Oh, that's lingerie? No, the long, uh, like a thobe with a, with a hood. A thobe with yeah. a hood? Yeah, so like a long robe with a hood. A dress? Yeah. Got it. But when I see them, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they look like RuPaul. Um, so I think that, you know, um, there's a, there's a cultural difference. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So when I see a, a man with a kilt, um, <coughs> I think of him very differently than when I see an American guy wearing a silk skirt and like high heels. And I think the kilts are longer. You know, it's not like they're wearing like a, like a cocktail skirt. <laughs> it's a longer one and they usually are carrying bagpipes. And, and they have a knife strap to their leg as well. <clears throat> and I'll tell you the bagpipes are a pretty interesting instrument. I always think of uh, police funerals when I hear them for some reason. I don't know any police officers. I've never been to a police funeral, but in all these movies, you know, there's always like the bagpipe being played as uh, the, the boys in blue are saluting the, uh, you know, fallen uh, member. A, yes. It's a military thing too. Um, so are police more pussified now than in the past. And the reason I ask this is there was just a huge shooting. I'm sure everyone knows about it. And allegedly, the police did not enter the classroom with an active shooter in Texas. And parents were trying to rush into the school to save the children as they were being murdered. And the police were arresting them. So... When I read that and hear that, I think the police must not be the same police as when I was growing up. Because back in the 80s and 90s, the police would have ran in there and shot up the damn place. Uvalde is a very small town. Um, it kind of makes me suspicious as to how they reacted. Um, it almost sounds like it may have been like some sort of political move. Um, to steal our guns? 
I it, it, it makes zero sense to me that they just stood there. <coughs> but as far as, you know, um, the LAPD, the NYPD, um, they are, a lot of them are ex-military. I'm not going to say ex-military because you're forever, but they're veterans. They're leaner and meaner than the cops were in the 80s. But small town cops are different. But just something about how they reacted in this school shooting, um, I just, it doesn't smell right to me. Um, and Don't smell right to anybody. And now that they're sweeping legislation to restrict guns, I still don't understand why guns are to blame for people who have mental illness. There's people who are sick. It doesn't matter if they're 20, 30, 40, 50, on and on and on. There's people who are sick. Then there's people who are scared. They're in gangs, they have a lot of money, and they carry weapons. We just had a shooting last night or the night before in Las Vegas on Fremont Street. Shout out uh, to Christina who actually messaged um, everybody at like 2 in the morning saying there was an active shooter on Fremont. And stay away from that area. She was actually working upstairs um, at... Uh, a casino, and I saw the video. It ended up that three guys were jumping a guy. You saw the video. Yes. And then uh, someone got shot and dead, and a bystander got hit. They're going to survive. So in my mind, that's an active shooter. They're in public shooting a gun in the middle of downtown Las Vegas at 2 in the morning on a Saturday night. Many people could have been killed. <clears throat> okay. And the police response, they don't even know where the shooter is. You would think in Las Vegas, a big city, on Fremont Street. I mean, imagine if they're robbing the casino. None of these security guards, they have thousands of security guards at the casinos. They have all the patrols in downtown Las Vegas. No one can even stop a shooter on Fremont. Did the shooter escape? Yeah. I think... On Fremont and you know when you're in a public place that has a lot of people there's a lot of chaos um, I'm thinking the response may have been slow um, because there's not a lot of funding for police at this point and um, which is unfortunate um, but it's very strange I, I don't understand why police response is a lot slower than it's been in the past the Evalde thing, though, uh, that was just completely, like, it blows my mind how these police officers let 20-plus children and teachers get shot to death. Assassinated. By one, by one person. Assassinated. Yeah. A, a brutal murder. And the guy shot his grandmother on the way there. And he used, uh, he used, he used rifles, uh, AR-15s, and I don't know... Those are machine guns. When you shoot somebody with an AR-15, you don't just get a bullet wound. There were children that were completely disfigured to the point where they were not recognizable. So well, they were saying they, they had identified by their shoe color. But anyway, it's gruesome. Let's not scare some of our older listeners who have a low tolerance for um, gory uh, dialogue. But right. let's just say it was bad. It should never have happened. I think one of the main rules for police, and if police are listening, please read your rules. It says the time to engage is when there's an active shooter. 
that is like rule number one from my understanding of, of law enforcement 101. Active shooter, police engage. That's always been the case. There's a bank robbery with active shooters. They go down to the bank and stop them. Now, the other thing that's happening, and I can speak for L.A. County because I happen to be a registered voter and a citizen. The fire department, during our floods, so when we have the flash floods, have decided that they will not rescue people who are submerged in fast-running water, let's say under an overpass. They will allow the people to drown, and then they will recover the bodies when it is safe. That is a new rule by the Los Angeles Fire Department. We just had floods a couple months ago, and there was a few different fatalities of people who were trapped under the underpass, the overpass because the water was rising and they still thought they could get through because they had a truck. They felt like it's just a few inches of water and they got trapped. The water kept rising. They were calling 911, begging for help, and the firefighters in the video, you can see this, are across the street on top of the hill and they're basically waiting till the water goes above their head and kills them and then they go and get their bodies. This is the new world that we live in. If you are in need of emergency help, it has to be safe for the person saving you. If they're at any risk, they will not do it anymore they have changed it because we have too many people and a few people dying, I guess, is not a big deal anymore. Didn't we just talk about this with the homeless man who jumped into the river and the police were yelling, I'm not going to save you, and he drowned? Yes. And then they brought a boat to recover his body? Yes. And the response was like, what, 45 minutes? Or five days, who knows? I mean, I'm saying they move how they want to move. And it. I feel like the reason for this has something to do with the protest of how during the riots that we just had, we had a bunch of demonstrations against police. Um, remember the police in Minnesota uh, had left their knee and and killed uh, the black man, uh, African-American. Mr. George Floyd. So that's what I mean is, could it be that the police and the fire department, which happen to work very close together, are standing up and this is the way for them to fight back against the public protests? And they go, well, guess what? We're not gonna risk our lives to save you anymore. We're gonna collect our checks and we will go in and do our job, but we're going to do our job the way we want to do it. That's interesting. And if that's the case, then they should stop stating that their job is to serve the public. It's just written on the side of their police car it and should, the yeah. fire. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a sentence now. It's not what they live by anymore. It's crazy. Anyway... I know our listeners know about the book of questions, so I happen to have them, and we're going to ask Layla, and she may ask me, and we'll ask the listeners. These are questions to give you just things to think about. This doesn't mean you can't change your opinion later because you're on the spot, and they are a little complicated. 
So let's just get into it. If you could use a voodoo doll to hurt anyone you choose, would you? No. That's a quick no. Hard no. And that's because? It's immoral. Um, I don't, um, I mean, I respect people who <coughs> practice voodoo, but I, I'm not a voodoo practitioner. I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, to spiritually hurt someone like that is just really horrible. Okay, would you be willing to become extremely ugly physically if it meant you would live for a thousand years at any physical age you choose? No. I think that humans are supposed to live for a specific number amount of years for a reason. And I think that living for a thousand years would be depressing because you would see your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren pass away. And you might even be depressed if, you know, society changes so much that uh, it shocks you. I would for sure do it. I would live a thousand years. Really? I'd make myself just like an ugly (laughs) 21-year-old or 25, like that range, like early 20s. And I would do that for a thousand years. Man, imagine just the things you would learn and what you would see and just the development of society. It would be crazy to see a thousand years as a young person. So physically, you're young. You're not good looking. You're Like they said, you're physically hideous. But you know what? You could wear a helmet. You could wear like a, like a you know what I mean? You could be, I could be Batman. I could be anybody. Hey, be if there's another years. pandemic, you can wear a mask. Wear a mask anywhere I go. Right now, there's people who have such psychological issues from the mask that they can't not wear a mask. They have to wear a mask. I see them. I see pictures, selfies of people in masks still. I, I did. I was hesitant to take it off for a while because I felt like I aged so much during the first year of the pandemic. I wasn't ready to show the world what my face looked like. But once I took it off, I was like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to ask you this question, and this is also for the listeners. This is a very profound question, and I've had some really problems trying to understand what I would do. <clears throat> but let me just say it. Okay, one second here. If God appeared to you in a series of vivid and moving dreams and told you to leave everything behind, travel alone to the Red Sea, and become a fisherman, what would you do? I would pray... And I would be very um, thoughtful and pensive about that because dreams are dreams. And that sounds like an amazing dream. But a series of vivid dreams, like over and over and over again, he keeps or she or whatever it is, keeps coming to you and telling you, do this, do this, do this vividly. So you wake up and you're like, oh my God, it happened again. Like Groundhog Day. Oh my God, God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. God spoke to me again. At a certain point, you have to do it, right? In your dreams, they are stating that they are God. Appear to you. God appeared to you in a series of vivid dreams. So, So whatever, however you envision God, is it a light? 
Is it a voice? Is it fire? Is it ice? Whatever it is, it keeps coming to you and telling you, go to the Red Sea and be a fisherman. Go like over and over like to the point where you're waking up in cold sweats going, okay, I'm going to go. I feel like I would have to do some reading, maybe read the Old Testament just to make sure, you know, it's legit. Really? If it happened over and over and over at a certain point, you're like... Or, or consult um, a religious <coughs> expert. Okay, now what if you were told to sacrifice your child? Over and over and over and over again. I mean... Then you have to get real help. Well, yeah, but I... From, from what I believe and what I understand, Abraham did it and he was supposed to be the last one. He was the only person that, you know, God tested... So I feel like um, there are people today that claim that, you know, yeah. and um, there's people who do it. There's a lady who just drowned like her kids. Yeah. Because yeah. she said God told her to do it. So if, if that was something that was told to me in my mind, I would think of it more of a mental health issue than than a spiritual thing, because I, I, I don't think that God would do that today to us. Wow. So I guess I'm going to ask one for the listeners. And you guys and girls can think about this. Do your close friends tend to be older or younger than you? That's something to think about. Because it says a lot about, and this is my opinion. I'm not giving you some someone else's opinion. If you s- surround yourself with younger people, you may be fearful of aging. And if you surround yourself with older people, you may be wanting to be wiser. And, and, or depending on your age, like let's say you're 19 hanging out with a 21-year-old, maybe you want to party. So you got to think, who do you associate with? Are your friends older or younger? It's a mix. I mean, my closest friendship group, we're all around the same age. I do have some friends that are significantly older. Um, and I do have some friends that are younger. Um, but as far as, you know, my close knit group, we're all around the same age. We're all either older millennials or younger Gen X. Yeah. What what about you? I would say that a lot of my friends are older. Okay. So I think it's just because also music, when I was doing music, I'd say a lot of the people I was doing music with were between five and 10 years older than me. Right. And we kind of kept our bond. Uh, I do... Recall also when I was uh, in Vegas, you know, a lot of the people who I worked with were a lot older than me. You know, I had gotten there when I was in my 30s. So I know a lot of people had already been, you know, there for 20 years or so and they're in their 40s. Uh, but I always get along with, with really older people as well as younger. I get, I get along with both. I guess for me, the younger people nowadays, I feel like believe a lot of things that just don't make sense. So it's hard for me to take them seriously because whenever we sit down and we have a conversation, they're telling me, you know, things, but we're using different definitions. So I'm not able to understand what we're even talking about because the conversation can go from like we're on the same page to we are... Um, light years apart in, in making sense. 
And I feel like the younger people don't have a grasp of even conversation because the attention span is so short. For example, I was talking to uh, someone who was, I don't know, 19 mm -hmm. and having a conversation. I think we we're at Starbucks. While we're talking, this person couldn't even like look in my eyes. They're like looking around, fidgeting, but they're trying to tell me something about ordering that, that they're like, I don't know. Like I made a mistake. I'm holding up the line because I'm not saying the right thing. I'm asking for a large. It's not a large. It's a venti. It's something else. And they're like, hey, uh, when you order, you have to say it this way and give them your name. And, and I was like, oh, I just want like a large cup of coffee. Real simple. You know, here's my money. Large cup of coffee? No, 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 it's not like that. What coffee? Is it a pike? Is it vanilla latte? Is it? And they're trying to coach me. Like I'm an old guy, I can't order a cup of coffee. At Starbucks gives me so much anxiety. I can't do it. I don't know anything about their menu. I just want coffee. And I just, I don't understand the mocha frappa, grande, whatever <laughs> it is with the extra pumps, <coughs> the no fat stuff. It just... It blows my mind how complex ordering coffee from Starbucks is. But if you're 19 years old, you know all the lingo. And me being in front of them was holding them up. And I think why, and I'm just going to say this is my guess, was that they practiced their order. And they were forgetting their lines. And they were going to go up there and say something so ridiculous to this barista. And I was, you know, asking them, is it fresh coffee? When did you brew it? What's the difference between iced coffee or if I just get a cup of coffee over ice? I mean, what is the difference, right? I just wanna know, cause I wondered, I thought iced coffee, but then they're like, oh, well we have an iced coffee. I said, well, maybe I, I just want a regular coffee over ice. And they're like, whoa, whoa. No, we have iced coffee, like like as if it was a bigger deal, more a more profound coffee that is ice or or nitro, like a nitro brewed. Come on, you kidding me, right? Just want a cup of co a cup of coffee, a cup of Joe. So, you what you're trying to say is you stressed out this poor kid that wanted to <laughs> order his unicorn frappa mocha latte. Whatever it was. Right. And, and he was like, let me help this, this dude out. But then, like, he just went off kilter. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. This is going to be the last question. We've been taking up a lot of people's time. This is our first episode with Layla. She's a new host, co-hosting. John has taken a leave of absence from the show. He's on to bigger and beautiful things. We want to wish John all the best. Yes. Uh, great guy. Okay. This is the question for you. What? Okay, let me find it. I forgot. I, I lost it. Okay, hold on. Give me one more second. Oh, it was a good one too. Okay. Um, can't find it. Okay. How would you react if you were to learn that your mate had had a lover? Of the same sex before you knew each other. Is that a question for me? 
I don't know. I just was. Or is reading. it a general question? No, it's a question for you. Oh n- n- no, not acceptable. Yeah, it would be uh, be pretty gross. Mm. Well, you want to be politically correct. N- n- it's not just that. It's if that was the case, then um, I I don't want to deal with the physical and emotional issues and the baggage that go with that. We all have friends where this has happened to. Where a friend is married, and then they learn the person that they're married to mm-hmm. has this like whole other life. It's like, this is like Jerry Springer. I don't know if our listeners know who Jerry Springer is, but there used to be a show. It was crazy. Where yeah. they would bring out like, you know, my lover. Anyway, that wasn't actually the question I was going to ask you. It was a different one, but mm-hmm. I just grabbed the one closest so, to it. you're saying they previously were in a relationship with the same sex. Yeah. And then they admitted it to you um, when you were already in a relationship with them. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what this is asking. Yeah, that's a hard no. Totally would break up. Because it's like that's really probably their lifestyle. It's, and now they're fronting. Like now they're trying to be something different. But it's, it's this, like once yeah. you cross that boundary, yeah. there's and, not really a lot of coming back. And that's something that you should disclose upon <coughs> this meeting because of the, you know, the risk of STDs. Um your partner should know if somebody is gay or bisexual. I mean, that's that's obvious. So now, is the reason monkeypox are spreading because of homosexual sex? I, I I feel like I read an article that had said that don't be worried about monkeypox. It's only spreading in the gay community. I think it spreads faster in the gay community because of how it's being transmitted. Um, because anything that's transmitted through um, a specific type of action, um, it transmits faster. Um, it didn't start in the gay community, but I think um, the gay community and that specific thing that they do help to spread it a lot quicker. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe that, you know. You get out of one uh, pandemic and then another and another and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if monkeypox is scarier than COVID, <coughs> it, it just... You see the pictures and you're just like, wow, like... Just boils, like, all over your body. It's like the plague. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, doesn't seem fun. No, it doesn't. Okay, so this is an interesting... I just want to share this also. Do you know that Mars has a slower... Uh, speed of sound. So scientists discovered that the speed of sound on Mars travels at 240 meters per second and on Earth, sound travels at 350 meters per second. Okay. So it's because the atmosphere, I guess, is 100 times or so more dense. Mm -hmm. But what that means is that the way that we hear things would be different. It would be a lot slower. That, that the sound would hit you. So like if I, if I did this, that's how everyone heard it. But on Mars, you wouldn't have heard that yet because the sound would still be traveling. If the atmosphere was more dense, would the sound also be more muted? Kind of like if you're underwater? That I don't know. I'm not sure how, uh, how density affects sound, but I think it would be different than water. I think that's a fun fact. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that. It is Do You Know? And today it's with Layla and Dan. And, uh, well, anyway, this has been our first episode. We appreciate all the listeners. 
Thank you very much for having me. This is my first time doing this. I was extremely nervous. Um, and thank you for being gracious. All right, you did great. And we will see you next time. This is Dan. And Layla. See you later.